It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I would be Glenn Clark. He would be Griffin Bass. We are here for two plus hours, delivering you the finest in internet radio contentery. I think I'm going to say that every day now, if I can remember it. I like that phrase. Internet contentery. Contentery. Sun is out today. Breaking news. The sun. I didn't know what it was. Walked out the door this morning. I'm like, the hell is that? I thought we were under attack for a second. I was very nervous about what was going on. Then I was like, oh, it's just the sun. (laughs) That limey bastard has arrived again. I I enjoyed the sun. It's it's lovely. But um, I had just forgotten what it was all about. It did briefly come out yesterday, but unless you were outside during a very specific set of time. Like 4.45 to 5.15. Unless you were outside in that exact time frame, you missed it. You missed it entirely. Um, John Proctor sent me a video. Apparently the U.S. Chess Championship is going on right now. Ooh. And uh, our guy Hans. Is he? He's, like, he's the guy? Was basically getting cavity searched on the way in. <laughs> they were metal detecting like his, his, his rectum. Like they were... They were going for it, man. It was uh, it was pretty great. Although I don't know if a metal detector would find. <laughs> this is where I got to admit I don't know all aspects of anal bead technology. I don't know if it would be possible to get around it. Oh man, that is good stuff. All right, um, hi, Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. You can win two tickets to the Super Bowl right now just by making a $25 Super Bowl futures bet. It's just that simple. Go in, make any futures bet on the Super Bowl. Now, the rule is the odds have to be plus 300 or more because they're going to run the contest through the start of January. And when we get to January, it's totally possible there might be a Super Bowl futures bet that is available that is less than plus 300 odds. But right now, not a concern. No one has asserted themselves as good as the Chiefs look last weekend. They look really good. No one has asserted themselves as being better than or uh, shorter than plus 300 odds. So any Super Bowl futures bet that you make right now, you take that bet, fanduelcom slash SBNAZ. You register it, and you can win two tickets to the Super Bowl. Coming up in a few minutes, uh, former NFL head coach and Ravens offense coordinator Marty Morningweg. Get his thoughts on what the Ravens did. We'll try to... We've, we've been trying to do both things this week. We've been trying to talk about their decision-making only because it's relevant. Like you, you can't go back and redo anything about the game, but it's relevant to who they are as a franchise. The Marcus Peters stuff is relevant to who they are as a franchise. As I keep saying, like, could you just be this team forever once you decide you're going to be that team? Do you have to just be that team forever? Is it in your DNA? I just Those things are interesting to me because this is going to come up again at some point. There's going to be another decision, and we're going to be sitting here fighting about it. Uh, we'll talk about all that with Marty Mordenweg. Uh Ken Zalis will join us this morning. We'll make our picks for this week. We will preview the Bengals. Our buddy Rocky Boyman, former NFL linebacker, now a radio host out in Cincinnati. He has uh, been on with us for like 10 years every time the Ravens play the Bengals. Love that guy. And uh, we will find out exactly what Cincinnati is at this point. They got off to a shaky start. They've won back-to-back games, but... Not necessarily overwhelmingly, 
I don't know what the Bengals are. We know they're not a good offensive line, but I also don't know that the Ravens are the team that takes advantage of a banged-up, struggling Bengals offensive line. And we'll also preview Maryland-Purdue. Our friend Anthony Heron from Big Ten Network is on the call for that one, so he will join us later on in the program as well. So lots to do on the program today. As far as what we need to react to, one, Andy Isabella's a Raven. Okay, so two. What, what, what am I possibly supposed to say about that? The concern for many yesterday is that this means that they know that Rashad Bateman's not going to be playing on Sunday night, and that's why they felt the need to go get something at wide receiver. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Andy Isabella sure as hell isn't replacing Rashad Bateman, but I get it from a sheer numbers perspective. If you're going to be without Rashad Bateman, you just need somebody else that can play the position, sure. Why does it need to be Andy Isabella? I don't have any clue. I've said before, and this is something that we will always struggle with, NFL teams overwhelmingly, it's not just the Ravens. Once upon a time, I believed it was only the Ravens. Then I found out, no, it's everybody. NFL teams overwhelmingly scout players when they become available based on their own internal scouting when that player was in the draft. That It's not like that can't change. It's not like, and I, famously, the Ravens, uh, back when they used to actually you know, be honest about things and, and give you good information, um, Ozzie Newsome made it quite clear. They poorly scouted Anquan Bolden coming out of college. They did not scout him correctly. And so when Anquan Bolden became available, he became very interested or interesting to the Ravens. So it was an interesting situation they found themselves in because they had to sort of go against their own scouts, their own work that they had done in scouting Anquan Bolden and say, hey, we got to throw that away. We screwed that up. We got it wrong. We need to reconsider how it is that we scout this guy because when we thought he wasn't going to be a particularly good player, we were wrong. And they openly admitted that. But that's rare. Typically teams fall back on their internal scouting when they make these decisions. So I don't know what the Ravens thought of Andy Isabella. I know that a lot of teams thought very highly of him. I believe our buddy Ken Zalas thought very highly of him at the time. The Ravens see that Andy Isabella has become available. It might very well be that even if Rashad Bateman had not gotten hurt, or that even if they know he's available to play on Sunday night, they would say this was someone we thought very highly of as a player when he was available, and we're falling back on that no matter what's going on with our own team. So I get why the assumption is that Andy Isabella's arrival is a bad sign about Rashad Bateman. I only point out that it's not necessarily accurate, that there is a scenario by which someone who was only three years removed from being a very early pick, I mean a second-round pick in the NFL draft, becomes available, but the Ravens say, dude, we love that guy. And we think we can get out of him here what the Cardinals weren't able to get out of him there. How many times has that proven to be accurate? 
Not a lot. But what's the cost? I mean, it's next to nothing. I, I can't, I'm not worked up about it. I am certainly concerned about what it might say about Rashad Bateman. But, fine. Fine. Andy Isabella's here. I'm going to guess he doesn't make a difference. I'm going to guess he's a guy. But his arrival alone certainly does not hurt. I just can't tell you that it's going to help. Um, so there's that. That was the news yesterday. The other thing I want to take just a minute on, and I don't... It, it's weird that I'm, I'm, I'm going back and forth with people about this. I couldn't believe the response to a very benign answer that Evan Washburn gave us yesterday. I, I asked about the idea that, you know, just getting your own guys back alone, does that fix everything? And when I asked the question, I knew the answer. I'm just posing it to someone who's a guest, who's a, a authoritative literally covers the league for CBS, is working top broadcasts every week around the NFL, just did the Ravens game on Sunday, and as we all know, Evan is also uniquely involved with the Ravens, doing preseason games for them. Like, Evan knows the Ravens probably even a little bit more than the other teams that he covers around the NFL. Lives here. It seemed like a very relevant question to ask because I think a lot of us are thinking about it. I, I talked about it during the postgame show on 105.7 The Fan. We do a, a segment called I'm Tired. I said what I'm tired of is not knowing. I'm tired of not knowing how much that will fix things. I don't. I don't know if the Ravens' problems can simply be solved by if they can just get Ronnie Stanley back on the field and just get Tyus Bowser back and David Ajabo into the mix and they didn't have Justin Houston last week and Gus Edwards gets back at some point. Like, Does that just solve things? I'm being very disrespectful to Charlie Kolar, obviously, in the process. I don't know. And Evan's answer was essentially he doesn't know either. But he just said it in a really unique way. He said it where he said even, even getting Ronnie Stanley at his, his best form back, which, again, I think any of us would say that seems unlikely to get the best version of Ronnie Stanley back at this point. I think we've all accepted that like, we're hoping he could be 80% of that because that's still quite good. But saying even if we got Ronnie Stanley back at the best form, I don't think that fixes all of the Ravens' problems. It's a very ben- benign answer. The, I would have been more... T- the people that have responded back to say, well, duh, I think are far closer, which is, yeah, I mean, Right. Of course, not one player alone can solve everything facing a team. How is Ronnie Stanley's return going to fix the Ravens' edge rush? And then he followed it up by making a point about David Ajabo, which is, are we expecting David Ajabo to come in off a torn Achilles and be Micah Parsons? What do we think David Ajabo is going to be? Which is also extraordinarily fair. I like David Ajabo. I like the pick. But how much are we pinning on the idea of someone coming off a torn Achilles, not a season ago, a torn Achilles in the spring, rushing back to the field as a rookie with no preseason and no playing experience in the NFL? 
how much are we expecting from that? I know we got very excited about Gunnar Henderson. I was like, hey, man, let's let's settle down about Gunnar Henderson. He's never played in baseball. And then all of a sudden, for two weeks, we're like, holy crap, it might be the best baseball player ever. You know, we saw over the totality of Gunnar Henderson's cameo, it kind of evened out. What did he end up hitting? 250 for his his stretch, his 32 games or whatever it was that he was caught up for. He He wasn't the greatest player in the history of baseball. He was about what you would expect from someone who was getting their first taste of being a major league player. What was it? It was you? 261. 261. Sorry, I didn't mean to be disrespectful. Uh, actually, was, it was 259. Sorry. Thank, after, two, after, after, yeah. Well, yes. did he play in the second game yesterday? I thought he didn't. That's why I just was looking at the first game. Whatever. 259. 259. Which, again, it doesn't scare me off. I think Gunnar Henderson's going to be really good. This is not me taking a shot at Gunnar Henderson. It's just, like, we need to be realistic about what we think guys can be when they make this adjustment. And that was my point about Gunnar Henderson all along, is like, Really? We think this is going to save this team offensively? He's a two fifty nine hitter. What you, what was his on base percentage for? Um his OPS was seven eighty eight. So I'll have his on base in mm. two seconds. Mm. Dramatic moment. Yeah, Three forty eight. Three forty eight. That's outstanding. Like second My highest God. on the team, I think. My God. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> That's out I mean you can't help but get a little who boy when you hear that. But still, like let's be fair. It's not like he was Manny Machado, like it's not like he was, um, you know, Alex Rodriguez, immediately the best hitter in all of baseball or something like that. And the point remains the same for David Ajabo, which is, I, David Ajabo, I, I think could be a good football player, and maybe if he returns this year, could be a helpful piece. Um, my buddy uh, Spencer Schultz made the comparison. Well, he just—they just needed to be better than Stephen Means. Okay, and it, it seems reasonable enough. But do we know for sure that a rookie coming off a torn Achilles in the spring, who's never played in the NFL and who didn't have a preseason, can definitely even be better than Stephen Means? I think it's a reasonable bar to hope for. But I don't think we know that. And again, if that's what he is, is just a little bit better than Steven Means, does that fix the team's edge rush problems? I get the point that we think the totality of having all of these guys on the field, all of Owe, Houston, Pierre-Paul, Bowser, and Ajabo available to you, should help fix some of those problems. I agree. I'll be the guy, and I'll knock on every piece of wood I can find, but the reality is, unfortunately, they're probably not all going to make it through the season. That's the NFL. It, I'm going to be surprised if you get – we already had Justin Houston get hurt once this year. Like, I'm going to be surprised if you have all five of them for a prolonged period. Now, there's strength in numbers. It's better to have four than it was this past week or the week before that when they only had two. Strength in numbers. I'm listening. But Evan's points are, one, both benign, and two – extraordinarily fair. I think, and I said this to a couple people that started responding to us, I think we're so used to the carnival barkers. I think we're so used to the idiots, the ESPN takers, the Fox Sports dopes, that whenever we see anything, we immediately want to fight about it. Like, oh, what, what, what are you saying? We, are you saying we suck? You're saying we can't be any? No. It's an answer to a question. For a second, I thought about saying we should delete it, but that's not that's not fair. I mean, that's what Evan said. I mean, and it was it was a good answer to a question. It's not on him that people are 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 very defensive about everything. 
I think we get so used to seeing the mouth breathers, the carnival barkers of the world who have no idea what they're talking about that we it becomes more difficult for us to separate that from legitimate questions. Evan wasn't taking a shot at the Ravens yesterday. Evan didn't say at any point, well, there's no way they're going to be any good or injured players coming back. They're going to suck. Like, he didn't say anything like that. And there's no way to read that from what the quote was. And I wanted to be careful about that because sometimes I do think when we send out a quote, we... We, we get ourselves in trouble because of missing context. There was, nothing, there was nothing wrong with what he said. Ronnie Stanley alone can't fix the Ravens. Yes. Who is debating that? The funny part being, like, literally people would be yelling about that tweet as they were agreeing. Well, yeah, we all know that, but I'm like, what are we doing here? You're agreeing. What? What? I this this is losing is so bad. When the team loses, man, <laughs> we are in a weird place. We do not handle losing well. And again, I, I don't think that's unique to us. I think it's a lot of markets in the country that do not handle losing well. But my word, this just could not have been more benign. Um the the comments that were made yesterday, and I was just stunned by how we went about reacting to them. <laughs> like blew my mind how we reacted to a, just a really matter of fact and, and I appreciated the answer I in, in a way I'm not this is not a shot at Evan sometimes I worry that Evan feels like he has to paint a more uh a purple picture because he does you know get checks from the Ravens during the preseason and I appreciated the fact that that he just was honest and said, no, I don't think alone you can assume that that fixes everything. Which, again, is not a shot. Is not a, the Ravens stink. They can't overcome this. They're doomed. They're going to go 2-15. and 15. It's not that at all. It's realistic. Hey, getting the pieces back would be good. They're probably going to lose some other guys, too. That's just the way the NFL works. And on top of that, they need other guys to play better. I don't know if alone getting um, you know Ronnie Stanley back suddenly makes it so that Rashad Bateman catches that football on Sunday that he dropped. If Rashad Bateman's going to drop balls in the middle of the field, then Ronnie Stanley's return fixes what? Evan's point is well taken. Get Ronnie Stanley back. Great. That'd be great. But other things need to be fixed too. Agree. You got to be on the same page about what you're doing at the end of the game. I mean, if the call was strip or score, then it needs to be a little bit more defined. At what yard line do you say abandon strip and let them score? It can't. If that's what they were told, strip or score, that's a. It's a broad difference between the two things. And it's got to be very clear. If you don't get the strip, you don't tackle. Like, go for the strip, but just the strip. And if you don't get it, push the guy in the end zone. And if not everybody's on the same page with that, then that's going to cause a problem no matter who gets back out on the field. 
Those issues alone aren't solved by the returns of players. I don't know how that's something that we would debate. I don't know how that's something that we could we could fight about. Kyle Hamilton miscommunicating doesn't get solved just because David Ajabo is back on a football field. I don't think. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> like maybe, maybe David Ajabo is the greatest communicator in the history of football and make sure everybody you know is in the right place at the right time. I, I don't think, though, that that alone solves the problem. Points well taken. What he said all makes sense. It feels like you guys are flaming about what he didn't say. Because you think that anyone who says that is really saying the team stinks. That's at no point at all. This is one of the reasons I like Evan is because we're more pragmatic types. I've always enjoyed our conversations because we try to be more practical. He gets after me sometimes. Like, hey man, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) I probably would too if I was in his shoes. If I was as good looking as he was. (laughs) He's a very good looking man. I do it. I've always... Recent, more recent appearances, I've realized how uncomfortable. I don't know why he's continued to be my friend, because I <laughs> definitely like it borders on like sexual harassment. You know what I mean? Like it's right. I walks right up to. The, he's a really good looking man, and I if I were him, I probably would have said at some point, "Glenn, calm down. <laughs> I I got a job to do." Like I would like it if maybe you, he's like, "Okay, guy, you, right. you pointed out what I'm I'm good at as a broadcaster and less as a as a, a good looking man." But like it's just hard. He's very good at both. He's both very good in his job and he's very good looking. I I wonder what that must be like. <laughs> Some of us are going over two. We covered that. I think we're good. <laughs> Orioles season comes to a close. My buddy Paul Valley flaming about the lineup. I know. I know. I, I, I love Paul so much, but sometimes he gets. He just gets into these places. Like, on Sunday, he was going on about how the NFL is fixed. I'm like, dude, what are we? And I just never know, like, what the circumstances are. Because I really like Paul. Like, he's the type of person that, like, if I didn't know him, I would probably be very angry about online. Like, what? what is this? But I know him, and I really like him. And he's losing his mind about the lineup that Brandon and I put out there in game two of a doubleheader. What are you resting him for? They don't have any more games to play. I'm like, all right, you know, sure, but... Why do you care? The season's over. Well, some people, they, they, they came out and spent their hard-earned money. I'm like, I, I get it, but like, there was another game in the doubleheader. They put a... Whatever. Put, it's not worth... Put a good lineup out there. It's more, not, more or less, It's I just guess. not worth fighting about. I mean, like, I, in a way, I'm, I'm glad that there's somebody in our team that cares so desperately about it that they get worked. I, mean, I, I couldn't possibly be bothered to watch the games. The season's over. Who cares? I mean, God bless. I get it. There's only so many baseball games, and so you want to watch them. But, man, I was just blown away. He was very worked up about it. Orioles finished the season uh, with 83 wins. uh, Correct. For the year. 83 and 79. 79, Which, again, far surpasses anything we could have expected. Stan will be in tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about – my print column for the next print issue of Press Box is going to be about why – I'm just a little bit concerned about continuing to say next year. There's just something to me a little bit off about that because it still feels like there, there's not enough like, of the like, lineup that I'm so confident in. Like it doesn't seem sustainable like what they did this year. They finished in both – they finished both in team ERA 
and hitting and runs scored in the bottom half of baseball this season. Team URA was bottom half? Yes. Oh. Now, I think we, in a weird way, and I brought this up about a month ago, I think we feel better about the pitching going into next year because we see a group of like eight legitimate internal candidates for the rotation and you know the idea that maybe they could still add in a pitcher although I'm still I'm just not convinced it's going to be Rodon the lineup is more difficult for me because it's tough for me to fathom than moving on from multiple guys that have been productive enough in the lineup it's tough for me to see them move on from Hayes and Mateo and Urias and you know, like, it, it seems like they can move on from one of those guys, maybe, or two. But, like, it's tough for me. And am I super confident that Mountcastle is going to have a bounce-back season and Mateo is going to hit like he hit for a month and Austin Hayes is going to hit? Like, it's just a tricky spot for me when looking at the lineup for next year. And it makes me feel like that's the part that, makes me concerned. I'm going to write about more for the print issue of Press Box, but Stan and I will talk about it tomorrow. And uh, also tomorrow we will um, preview the Major League Baseball playoffs as Stan is in studio with us. All right, today's show is also brought to you by the Maryland Five Star. Come see Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars. Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. We had to do this a little bit earlier because of his schedule, but an opportunity to catch up with Marty Morningweg right here on GCR. Well, it's a pleasure to be joined once again here on GCR by a former NFL head coach and, of course, former Ravens offensive coordinator. It's Coach Marty Morningweg, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's great to chat as always. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Glenn, it's great to be with you. Great to hear what, you. What's on What's on the schedule today? Hey, man, you're not going to believe this, but we're four days removed and we're still not over the Ravens' loss to the Bills. I know it's very unlike us here in Baltimore to still be uh, harping on something, but it's the way it goes. Hey, before we get into um, to that, if I could, Marty, can you take me back to when Lamar first showed up here and, and you got to see this young man, and obviously you knew he was a talent. But what you've seen from him, for the most part, this season, it was kind of uneven against Buffalo, but those first three games, somehow a player that was already great seemed to have risen his level even more. D- did you know, like, not that he could be good, but that there was a level that he could get to where he could be legitimately unstoppable within this game? Absolutely. I will tell you from the pre-draft evaluations of this man, I thought he could be a special, special quarterback. Now, many, many people, much of the league, didn't think he would be a quarterback. And I thought he was special enough to play any other position. However, why would you do that to this man? Because he, this man has quarterback instincts. He's got quarterback vision. And really the only question was would he be able to throw the football at some point early in his career well enough to play the quarterback position at, at a high level and through hard work and preparation and skill and ability, he did it, and he did it very, very quickly. Heck, he was MVP of the league in, what, his second second year right. or third year, something right. like that. So, yeah, he's, he's a special, special young man first, 
And then he's a special, special talent. He's really smart. He's got instincts and feel of the game that surpass most regular players in the NFL. But are you seeing something from him this year that's, like, again, even based on what we'd seen in his MVP season, I still feel like we had seen some of these first couple games this year, the command of the offense, the confidence in the throws that he was making. It just seemed like he had somehow, even his this just this year alone, risen, you know, raised his game from what was already a very high level. Well, that comes from two things when you're talented and you have instincts the experience counts and that goes a long long way and then the other thing is reps he's got so many game reps now that he understands exactly what he can get away with and what he can't i mean it's been remarkable to watch it's been absolutely remarkable to watch here uh marty morningweg is with he's us here in exciting and yeah. dynamic isn't he yeah yeah, we don't take it for granted, I promise you, Coach. We know we know how special it can be. Um, Coach, obviously this week the big storyline in Baltimore is what happened at the end of the game and, and John deciding to go for it fourth and goal from their three-yard line there at the end of the game, and it didn't work out, and the Bills go back down and score. And and I, I want to start there because I don't want to talk about you know kind of the reaction to it, but I'll admit, Coach, I, I love the Ravens being aggressive. Like, I, I like the idea. But this one, to me, even in the moment, I didn't think it was it because you you presented the possibility for your opponent to get the ball and you never see the ball again at the end of the game, which, of course, is exactly how things ended up playing out. There was so little time left on the clock that, you know, they now know all they got to do is march down, get three points, run the clock, and, and the game's over. Is there... When you decide to be an aggressive team, when you decide you want to be the team that's going for it and trying to win, do you have to always be that team? Like, do you have to, hey, this is who we are, this is what we do, this is how things are going to be? Or is there still room in there to say, hey, but in certain circumstances, maybe this doesn't make the most sense? Glenn, you hit it on the head. These analytics, right, they've made all of these teams much more aggressive. Now, look at we were using analytics before it was called analytics, but teams are so good at it now. And I will tell you, the Baltimore Ravens have a great analytics team there. And John knows exactly what the numbers are every single time. Now, look at that exact situation right there is probably somewhere between a 2 and 5% lean towards going for it. And I thought John explained it beautifully immediately after the game to the point where any reasonable person could understand the logic. But once you're under that 5%, then it becomes a coach's decision. So John decided to go for it there. And there were some good reasons that he explained. Uh, The worst possible would be that the Buffalo Bills get the ball at the minus two in a tight game, which is much different than getting it at the 20. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh, in a tie game or at the 25 and the Ravens are up by three. His biggest concern, right, was given decent field position to Josh Allen and the great Buffalo Bills offense, right, uh, against his defense. And look what happened at the end of the game. I mean, what he was concerned about actually ended up happening. Now, look, if the Ravens are up by three, is it different? Yes. But how much different if, if they got the ball at the minus two in a tight game 
Is it different? Yes, because it's backed up. And, and his thought was we get them three and out from the minus two. We get the ball back. We gain 10 to 15 yards with the great Justin Tucker and, and kick a walk-off field goal. So what blew up on it? The, the interception. It just completely blew up from, from the logic that he was using. And so Lamar has to know that that's a different fourth down. That's not a game winner when you're behind. Mm-hmm. That game is even. So a throwaway, a late throwaway in that situation is not the end of the game. You've got him backed up at the minus two. And you look at John's it, these aggressive type moves that John has utilized over the past year and a half. Have, you know, I, I can think of three of them that have just completely blown up. You know, he's gone for two a couple times to win the game, and they don't get it, and, and, and the game's over, and they lose the game. So it, my thought is, rather than the decision-making process, because I think it's reasonable. I think John is trying desperately to put his team in the very best position possible to win the game. But instead of that, I would rather uh, look at the plays and the schemes that are called, because you're doing a two-point play, let's go back to last year, or a tight game and you're at the two or two-and-a-half, right, this year, uh, and you've got the great Lamar Jackson and all those great skill guys and a, uh, a very good offensive. I mean, you, let's put the fellas in the very best position offensively, scheme-wise, to have a little bit better opportunity of winning some of these games where you're being very, very aggressive. You know, when you're being very aggressive, sometimes it backfires on you, in the short term, but being very aggressive and analytics are sort of forcing teams to be aggressive. It pays off in the long run, but it might bite you in the butt in the short term. And that's what's happened to John and the Baltimore Ravens. I would tell John, uh, keep being aggressive. I mm-hmm. remember coaching for Andy Reid, being the offensive coordinator and calling the plays in Philadelphia for most, most part of a decade. Uh, something would blow up on us, and he'd walk by me and say, stay aggressive. Hmm. And so I think that aggressiveness pays off in the, in the, in, in the long term, the, the course of a program or over 10 years, and certainly sometimes in a single year, but on occasion it might bite you in the butt in a particular game or even the course of a particular year. Uh, Marty Morningweg is with us here on GCR. Uh, Coach, do you worry at all about the scene that we saw unfold on Sunday where you know it was ugly at the end of the game, but apparently even before when the decision was going down, Marcus Peters was running down the sideline trying to get after John to call a timeout. That there's clearly we, We've heard so much from players in the last couple of years, hey, we like this. We want to be the aggressive team. That's what we want to do. This is the first time we've really seen – anyone you know loudly state the opposite and 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 Marcus didn't even really state it as much as it became public knowledge because of what we saw on the field do you worry at all about that that the impact that maybe not everybody's on board do you have to regroup but you know clearly the two of them have to talk but is there a bigger impact on the entirety of the team when you see something like that absolutely and trust and communication goes a long way in anything, but especially within a football team. So, John, when I was coaching there for several years, right, more than several, uh, he did a pretty good job, I thought, of explaining to the team in the offseason and training camp and, and before each game of, of 
what his thoughts were about being aggressive and, and some of the uncommon type of decisions made and why. You have to communicate that to your team. Now, it looked like he had, like, absolutely no uh, 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 thought that his defense could stop the Buffalo Bills by going for it there. However, I look at it like he had great confidence in his defense as long as they were backed up at the minus two because his thought was, hey, at the worst, we're going right. to have him at the minus two, get him three and out, get the punt, those type of things. Now, I will say the defense is not a defense that the Baltimore Ravens fans, players, the, the organization is used to. It's just not this year. And there's many different reasons for that. So John's got to play a little bit different uh, logic game with that type of defense. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are used to having a defense that will just stomp people out cold. And that's not the defense that they have right now. So they have to play just a little bit different. And you saw what the Bills did. They went right down the field, and they were they were kneeing it. The back went down. I, I believe that yep. Baltimore. I think I yep. think there might have been a communication uh, lapse uh, when Baltimore. It looked like most of the fellows were trying to allow Buffalo to score. That would be their only chance. I thought that was a good uh, logical thought process there. Buffalo didn't fall for it. The back went down. Then the quarterback sneaked it for the first down and made victory. Now. So that happens. That's what John was concerned about if he kicked the field goal. Now, I'm not taking up for John. That could have gone either way. I think many coaches would have kicked it right. and said, okay, defense, go win the game. Okay, so John said, no, we're doing it a little different way. And some of it was due to analytics, I'm sure. Some of it was due to gut instincts. And I think John typically has really good gut instincts. It's interesting. I, I, by the way, I completely agree. And in fact, like you know, as we was pointed out, the analytics essentially the numbers say it's basically a crapshoot, right? Like to your point, there's a slight right. advantage the one way, but I think all of us that look at data and understand the way statistics work would look at those two numbers and say, well, if it's sixty five percent one way and sixty three percent the other way, that means it's even. We got to make an adult, like we have to, as a human being, as a leader, yeah. make our own decision at that point. So I I agree, it, it can't just fall down to analytics. Coach, I guess. And then you have, I don't want to interrupt you, but then you have the great Lamar Jackson from the two-yard lane. Are you kidding me? Right. All right? Put him in. I was a little surprised at a drop-back call. You know, I I was surprised by that. I think that they should have put him on the run just a little bit and give him a a run-pass type of option in that type of situation. Use utilize in that in that situation utilize your great quarterbacks instincts and talent Uh, before i let you go coach i want to ask this question broadly if i could obviously there's nothing we can do about you know what happened on sunday any longer we're four days removed it's over but moving forward i've been trying to take you know a a, i don't know a, a general this is the quarter poll right historically this is the first time we've always thought it was fair to try to figure out what a team is so far. And the Ravens are 2-2. Two and two. Statistically, they're a very good football team in a lot of ways. They're, they've trailed for all of 14 seconds through four games all season long. The wrong 14 yeah. seconds, of course, but that's it. It's only 14 seconds. Um, but there's this flip side argument that somebody would say, you can't be a good football team if you blew two different three-possession leads at home in as many tries this season. Like, you can't say you're a good football team if you're the team that blew 21 and 17-point leads at home during the course of a year. 
when you look at the totality of the Ravens four games in, are they a good football team? Here's the situation. When a 17- or 21-point lead evaporates and you lose the game, is that once-in-a-blue-moon type of episode, right? Because those things might happen once every decade or once every few years, right? Or do you need to adjust? Do you need to change? Uh, uh, On defense, I'm talking about when it happens twice, there has to be some adjustments, some changes. And if you don't do it, it's likely going to happen again. So I think they're, they're a dynamic. They're a, a, it's cool to watch them because they're so exciting, and much of that's due to the great Lamar Jackson. But they're not the defensive football team that they once were, and for what, really two decades worth of crazy good defense. It's not that type of team. They may have to outscore people. They may have to stay even more aggressive on offense in the fourth quarter with a lead. Uh, That used to not happen in Baltimore. They are unused to playing that type of style. So, yeah, I think they're a heck of a football team. The Baltimore Ravens can beat anybody on any given day. They can also likely lose to some of these teams on any given day, depending on how aggressive they are, and how good their defense is holding up to some of these great quarterbacks. They've played some really good quarterbacks. You know, and some of your defensive stats, I remember it would be five games into it, and uh, on, on some of these teams I've been on, and our defense has not played one of the top ten quarterbacks yet. And, 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 and so those stats are, are a little fluffed up until you play some of these great quarterbacks in the league, and and that's what Baltimore has faced early in the year is a yep. couple really good quarterbacks. So, yeah, I think they're a heck of a football team. They are so exciting to watch. And like I said, much of that is because of, of the great Lamar Jackson. But their defense is not what it what once was and not what the fans have come to expect from the Baltimore Ravens. At Marty Morningweg on Twitter is how you follow him. I know, Coach, you're very involved with the 33rd team nowadays, aren't you? Hey, that is a fantastic thing. I'm having a lot of fun. I told my wife, I feel like I'm really, really busy, but I'm really not. <laughs> I, I do uh, several things a week for the 33rd team. I, I do a radio show in the great state of Montana once a week. I do a little radio show right there in Baltimore, just one segment, one or two segments a week. And then I do the color on TV for the conference games for the Montana Grizzlies in their ranked second or third, depending on which poll you look at, in the country at the at the one AA level. Man. So I've had a blast doing all of that. I've never done the color before, so so it's what I did, Glenn. Was uh, just well, I woke up the morning of my first one, which was a couple weeks ago, because it's only the conference games. I said, you know what, I'm gonna do it my way. I'm gonna do it my style. I'm gonna turn it loose and let them stop me. <laughs> and they haven't stopped me yet, so it must be going A-OK. 
Well, I know my, my buddy Kevin Van Valkenburg always tells me that I have to get to Missoula. There is no more beautiful place that I will uh, visit. So it is very much on my bucket list to make that trip out there at some point. And, yeah, we'll give a, we'll a shout-out to our friends over at 105.7 The Fan because uh, they also employ me. So I want to make sure that I take yeah. care of them. Um, uh, Coach, Glenn, always – Glenn, Glenn, you were talking about Missoula, Montana. Yeah. I yeah, Coach – back east for much of my career except for in San Francisco where I was a coordinator. But uh, I would run into people uh, out east, and they say, oh, you played in Montana. First of all, they get Montana and Wyoming mixed up sometimes from Montana and <laughs> Idaho. And I said, yeah. And they said, oh, I always wanted to get out to Montana. And I would say, you're never going to go. Now, Glenn, they're coming. Wow. It's gotten every time I come back into town, it seems like there's more cars on the road. I think Montana – has been figured out by some of the population in the great United States of America. I got to make the trip. Coach, I truly appreciate taking the time for us this morning, sir. Thanks so much for doing it. We'll hope to catch up with you again down the road. All right. Good to be on with you, Glenn. Anytime, holler back. It's Marty Morningweg checking in with us here on GCR. Says he's okay with the decisions but doesn't like the play calls. And, okay, I'm, I'm also – in a lot of situations, I probably agree with that. You're not going to get me to agree about this decision. You'll never be able to get me to agree with this decision. The clock is too much of a factor, way too much. There's way too much risk of you not seeing the ball again. I can't. I can't get on board with that. You can tell me all you want. It's not analytics. Been through that. The numbers don't say it. You can have as strong an opinion as you want to have. Bless you. But you'll never get me to get on board with taking a risk that involves you potentially not seeing the football again. So, that's where I am. Maybe we'll put it to bed. No, nah, it's not true. Until we play another football game. And it'll probably, there'll be a scenario where it comes up again. That's the way it's going to go. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Come get a sample of the cooking from the Ginsu Kamado Grill before this week's Ravens game at the Game Day Firehouse, located at the Firefighters Union Hall, just west of the stadium, 1202 Ridgely Street. You can stop by, try some food, enter to win a Ginsu Kamado ceramic grill and $500 worth of grilling meats. The all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Is available for pre-order. Ginsugrills.com. Use the code tailgate and save $100 when you do. It's the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. When we come back in, it's time for us to make our picks. KZ will join us. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. 
Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guildfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Of course, no baseball tonight. The playoffs get underway tomorrow. I did not realize how they're doing this wild card. I, I don't know how it just, like, completely slipped my... They're doing it all in three days. Every series in three days. There's no staggering. There's no, you know, we'll have a couple. Which, to me, I, I get why they want to do it that way. They want to get it over with quickly. But it kind of feels like a mistake... Because it puts you up against football for the most part. Like, tomorrow, of course, is a cool day because tomorrow you get baseball throughout the day and, you know, it's it's fall baseball, so guys are wearing hoodies, and I, I always kind of love that about fall baseball. But then the rest of the weekend, you're on up against football. I I know it's not like an overwhelming week for college matchups. I know Oklahoma-Texas is not really that big of a deal because... Those teams aren't very good, um, but it's still Oklahoma, Texas. Everybody's used to it, and everybody kind of watches it. And it's the Texas State Fair, the whole thing. You know, TCU, Kansas is is a game. Like for it's a real game, which is wild. But I mean, it's still not blue bloods. Like I get that it's not a huge college football weekend, but it's still what people do on Saturdays in the fall. Like we'd watch college football. So. And then on Sundays, obviously, like when you're going to have these deciding games, however many of these series go to three games, the deciders are all on Sunday when we're all busy. <laughs> like we all have other plans on Sunday. Sundays are when we watch football. So I don't get why they decided to do it this way. Like I don't know why they wouldn't have staggered him so maybe like 
Game three would be on Monday when at least there's only one football game and you could start it maybe a little bit earlier. Like you could start a game at six o'clock or something like that. Do you think it would have been better to do just make them four all like one game playoffs like winner uh, winners in? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never liked the idea of your season. Like I know it, this is the funny part, right? Nothing creates better drama in baseball right. than a one game playoff. Oh, yeah. Like it's the greatest thing ever. Whether it's a game. 163, or whether it's the one-game wild card. Obviously, the Orioles have been on both sides of the one-game wild card over the years. Of course, winning in Texas 10 years ago, losing in Toronto six years ago. So it's a weird feeling that I have about it because I don't – it's not fair for a baseball – 162 baseball game season for you to say you're in, but you're in to play one game. It's not fair – but my God, it's good television. Oh yeah, I mean, it's oh, it's enthralling. And as you expanded the playoffs, it's not. It wouldn't be fair to have a division winner. That would be the what I would come back to. It wouldn't be fair to have a division winner have their season come down to one game. Maybe they'll just expand it to like eight then, and then the three division have, winners are guaranteed. Yeah, well, no, well, that, the math doesn't work. work. They can do the seven. Math. They can do seven. I guess they could do. They could do. They could do. You're saying they could do. Se- the math still doesn't work. They do. If you do seven, you say the, the three four, division. So four wild cards. They all have to play each other, but you end up with two teams coming out of that. Then now you got five oh, yeah, teams right. left. <laughs> that math don't work. The math don't math. Another one game playoff. Like I get why more, it more is, one game right, playoff. I get why it is that they're that they did it this way. I just don't. It seems like they should have map this out for it to be during the week like again they kind of got screwed here they don't want game what day 162 to be on a football sunday because then game day 162 gets lost but is it better to have playoff series happening on football days like those would be those would be the deciding days if there's games i I guess maybe in hindsight you should have tried to figure out a way like work with the schedule makers say hey have game 162 be on that monday and then be able to start these things on wednesday so that they go wednesday through friday that probably would have been might have been the better way to go about doing it yeah uh, again, you're up against one football game on Thursday, but that's one. You're up against one football game on Thursday, not a day's worth of football. I, 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 I just didn't realize. And again, I think a lot of people don't realize that like whoever the higher seed is is hosting the entirety of the series. That's that's the other part. Like if the Orioles had snuck in, they weren't going to get a home playoff game. Not in this series. They would have had to have won this series in order to be guaranteed a home playoff game. I think people are going to be a little caught off guard by that. Like, there is a serious advantage, even in a three-game series, to the home team because they get to host all of it. It's a three-game series. It's like playing a weekend series during the regular season. This is the Braves and Mets playing in Atlanta last weekend. The entirety of the series is being hosted by the higher seed. So... Kind of weird how that all plays out, but that gets underway tomorrow. Football tonight, but it's not a good one. It's Broncos Colts. It's, it's a real bummer. Uh, is KZ ghosting us? Is that I, I guess so. I'll, I'll try him again right I'll now. Try him one more time, yeah. but then we just got to make our picks with or without. Do we have his picks? Yes, I have his picks. So he just wouldn't. Well, be one able of to... his first one, he said. I guess should I just give it away? I he, his Maryland pick. He was like he he, he might actually go with Maryland. But oh, he said, but, he said, but he said maybe. He said what, he didn't know. He said, he said maybe well, he's a, he's about to. It's about to not be a choice. Like, it's about to be 
He's going to have to because if he doesn't answer his phone, we've got no other option than for him to uh, go ahead and pick it. We make picks every Thursday here on GCR. Three college games, six NFL games every week. Here's where we are. Myself and KZ are tied atop the table. We're both 23-19 and on the year. Then two games behind us, you find Kyle Ottenheimer, the former uh, producer of the show who perished in a, a fiery automobile accident. Three games behind us, you find both former producer Paul Valley and current producer Griffin Bass. A game behind them, four games back at the top of the table, is where you find John Proctor, the former Proctor of the uh, the, thir- the weekly quizzes that we used to do. He's the Proctor of uh, trivia at uh, Ocean Pride on Wednesday nights. John Proctor, four games back of us. He's in second to last. Four games clear, but only four games clear, of the current worm, who is our friend Andrew Stecka. Andrew Stecka, eight games back at the top of the table. He's 15 and 27. Of course, a reminder that top of the table, we're playing for a little bit of cash. Bottom of the table, we are playing to avoid being the one who has to come in here, eat a worm burger. By the way, Tim from Bel Air sent me an idea for the next side bet that we do, and... We'll have to think about that. We're not doing it this week. Maybe next. Maybe maybe next week. Maybe we'll think about it. Um, but yes, uh, it's just too complicated. I, maybe it won't work as a side bet. It might need to be a, a longer term bet. Um, but yeah, Tim will make the worm burger. The loser's got to come in dressed up like the worm, Dennis Rodman, in the uh, wedding dress, so the, the white dress, whatever we want to call it, as well as uh, has to perform the worm, Scotty Too Hotty style. But then whoever they perform the worm on gets to give them a Rikishi style stink face in order to get their heat back. That's the, what's at stake. There's a little bit of cash at the top of the table, but a little bit. Did you? Uh, He's here. He's no, here. did you pay me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been you? you. I've been uh, you yesterday. I, maybe you did. I didn't. Whatever. I'll believe you. All right. Uh, I think I still think there's one or two of you that haven't paid me. So get on that. Joining us now is Ken Zalis. What's going on, KZ? How you doing? I'm all right. Uh, am I really playing Jared Goff over Aaron Rodgers this week? Uh, probably playing Jared Goff uh, over all but about three or four. The way that's going right now. Um, yeah, I, I think you. I think you have to. I mean, that's. Uh, and here, here's the fun thing about golf. And you look at last week. He did it without all the starters. Like Swift was out. Uh, uh, Ross St. Brown was out. Uh, Chark was out. He did it with the B team last week and still put up numbers. I mean, I hear you. I just, I, I'm still struggling with it. I'm still struggling with the idea that I'm doing this. That Jerry Goff is going to be my quarterback over Aaron Rodgers. It, it, it scares me that he's because he's playing New England. So like, I feel like Bill just might come out and completely throw something at him that he doesn't know how to react. Yeah, but they're still probably going to trail, and they're still probably going to have to throw I the guess. football because their defense stinks. Might throw for like four picks, though. You're telling me, KZ, that I'm playing Jared Goff over Aaron Rodgers. I am. Okay. I That's have it. the same situation in a league, and and I am. All so, right. All right. I mean, I mean, the trend's our friend. Uh, he's been great. All right. All right. Very good. Let's get into picks for the week. We'll begin with the college games. Oh, picks are brought to you this week. By Glory Days Grill, where the Oktoberfest menu is available and spectacular. Love Glory Days Grill. Try the Bavarian burger with the pretzel bun, the chicken schnitzel, the brewer sausage sandwich, the brewer sausage platter, the slam dunk pretzels, the cheddar ale soup. Glorydaysgrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. What are we doing first? 
We are staying here in Maryland. The Terps are hosting the Purdue Boilermakers at noon on Big Ten Network on Saturday. Terps minus three and a half. What do I not know about Purdue that it's only a three and a half point spread? What am I? What am I not aware of when it comes to I, Purdue? I guess because they beat Minnesota last week at Minnesota. Okay, a, a ranked Minnesota, whatever. I mean, maybe, oh. maybe they were t- t- twenty-one, so maybe, maybe they. You but know. like they're three and two, they they lost to Syracuse. They're they, not. W- was it FIU that they barely? They beat? barely. It was yeah. Florida. I think it was Florida Atlantic that they barely oh. beat. Florida, Florida Atlantic. Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, FIU is terrible. <laughs> this feels like the opposite, of, like the other trap, right? This feels like the this number should be bigger than this, so that means they know something, and I should go the other way. Purdue. Wow. I'm this is not about me. Me? I I'm doing the opposite thing here. This is like what I said about Michigan State last week. I don't feel like Maryland should have been seven and a half point favorites against Michigan State, but clearly Vegas knew something because that didn't feel right and I was gonna ride with that. I feel the same way. This doesn't feel right. It feels like Maryland should be more like a five or six point favorite here. They're not, and that makes me think that somebody knows something, so I'm going with Purdue. I think Maryland wins though. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You sitting down? <laughs> oh my God! What? No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> so the best win on the Purdue schedule was last week versus a 21st-ranked Minnesota team who was without their best player, Ibrahim, the running back. Who's from Baltimore? He is. I actually don't think Purdue is any good. Um, it, uh, FAU is a is a decent mid major, whatever you want to call it, football team. Syracuse is not good. This is a game that if everyone wants to buy into this Maryland Terrapin football thing, that they have to win and they have to win impressively at home. And I'm actually going to take the Terps here. What the hell is going on? Which which means they'll lose, and they'll lose badly, and it'll put me back to I'm never taking the Terps again. But I'm going to take the Maryland Terrapins. All right. This is a – we should send out a breaking – we should cut in the live TV programming. (laughs) Oh, Uh, I can't remember the last time I took the Maryland Terrapins to to cover a spread. (laughs) This is a weird world, man. Weird world. Uh, What's everybody else doing? Uh, I don't know much about Purdue either, but I think Talia is better than Aiden O'Connell, so I will take the Terps. Paul is on the Terps. John Proctor on the Terps. KZ on the Terps. Kyle and you are on Purdue. Andrew Stecka is on – Oh, sorry, Purdue. Oh, okay. Yes. All right, so pretty split. Oh, good. Split. Yeah, yeah, there good. we go. That, that is terrible news for me. Just the worst news I could possibly get. Uh, Red River Showdown played at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. Longhorns take on the Oklahoma Sooners at noon on ABC. Texas Longhorns minus seven. I, I don't understand how the line could be seven points for anybody. So I'm just going to take Oklahoma because I don't understand how the line is seven. I mean, like, I get it. They both stink, but I just don't see how this line could be seven points either way. I, how bad was Oklahoma last week? Not good. I mean, definitely not good. I, I'll take Texas here. I, I I don't think either team's that's the particularly. Point. I don't. I it's just such a. It's a seven point line. It's a seven yes. point line. Give me Texas. I, I something's going on with Oklahoma. Yeah, they got. I mean, I get it. They got murdered by murdered. TCU. 
But lose not bad. Not bad. No, not bad. But definitely not but, should, should but, not be losing. Right. They a, shouldn't be beating them by thirty. I understand. I understand. I uh, give me Texas. Okay. Um, I think Texas is pretty good. Uh, so, and I think the Sooners are spiraling. So, I'm going to take Texas as well. Just a quick, Everyone, just a quick question, right? You think they're pretty good? I mean, they play Bama pretty well. Yeah, that's the one. That's the only thing we have that would suggest that is that's that they play Bama close. Enough they for me. Also, lost to Texas Tech. Oklahoma's lost two in a row. Give me, the, give me the horns. Everybody's on Texas except for you, Glenn. Oh, uh, and that includes Andrew Stecka, so I guess uh, how <laughs> I am loving right. it on Oklahoma. All right, and then final college football game, also at noon uh, on Saturday, number 17, TCU Horn Frogs against the Jayhawks. College game day will be there. They're number 19, Kansas is. Uh, TCU minus seven favorites yeah, I don't love on that. the road. I don't love that line, but I, I do kind of tend to lean with the idea. Well, Oh, damn it. You know what? Just for funsies, I'm going Kansas. Just for funsies, right? They're hosting college game day for the first time. What the hell? Why not? I'm going Kansas. I don't know anything about this game is really what I'm saying here. Go go ahead. This, feel, this feels like the letdown of all letdowns. Like, they begged to have college game day yeah. because, I mean, it's a nice story. You're Kansas. You haven't been good in forever. You're 5-0. and I don't know who you really beat. You know, you beat Duke. Good for you. Um, uh, you know, uh, TCU looked awesome last week. I, I just don't know that Kansas can score with them. I, I'm going TCU here. Uh, so Kansas, they're ranked at five and zero. Last time they did that was 2009. They didn't win another game that season. Mm. I think it's very mm. possible history could repeat itself. Whoa. They have a tough schedule here, uh, but Whoa. I love this Jayhawks team. I'm riding them until uh, until the wheels fall off. So I will take the uh, the plus seven with Kansas along with Uglen. Uh, but I think TCU wins at 38-36 in quadruple overtime. <laughs> in quite. You're going to go four overtimes and they're only going to get to 38-36? That means the game was like 14 Remember, Well, remember, the, what, was it Indiana that was in a, one of those games? Well, because they do the two-point conversion yeah, now. In, so but in less. the third overtime, they'd start doing that. They don't do that in the yeah. first overtime. Yeah. I, I think it'll be 38-36. Okay. Uh, me and you are on Kansas. Everybody else on TCU. Uh, including Andrew Steck is on TCU. Okay. Man, Glenn, this is going to be a, a bad, flip at the top. Yeah, it's going to be a flip at the top. By the way, bad news for you this time that, that you are on board yes, yes. All right, um, next. All right, no third. We're not doing Thursday night football tonight. So first game will first NFL game will be the London game played at Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Giants take on the Packers. Green Bay minus seven and a half on NFL Network at nine thirty in the morning on Sunday. That's a big spread, man. That's a big spread for a Saturday or a Sunday morning game. I don't. I don't love the Giants. Giants. Since I don't know who the quarterback of the Giants is actually going to be in this one, I, I'll go Green Bay. Do you think um, it makes that big of a difference? I mean, yeah, I think it does. Okay. When when the Giants scored all their points last week because their quarterback ran it into the end zone, and he's not going to do that this week. Um, uh, I don't know who the wide receivers are for for uh, for the Giants either, or whether whether. Jones plays. He's not going to be 100. percent From what I saw, Tyrod isn't going to be the backup. No, it'll be Davis Webb apparently. I mean, it could be the Davis Webb starting show. Um, uh, give me Green Bay. All right. Uh, I don't have much confidence in the Giants either. I don't like the Packers a whole lot as well. So I'm going to take the Giants too. 
Uh, Paul and John Proctor on the Giants. Kyle and Ken on the Packers. Andrew Steck on the Packers. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I'm worried that I'm that I don't want Andrew to send his picks to me because now I'm worried that I'm just making the opposite picks of Stecka. Like I'm worried that that's impacting me now. You know what? I've changed you can my mind. Like, you can like you can like not look at them until now. But I know I have to look at them in order to tell Griffin who he picked, and then when I do, I see the other picks. Like I can't avoid it. Maybe. Maybe we just need to have Stecka like on on Zoom or something, or, as we do this as well. I just text me when I'm worried uh, that it's impacting me, or that he he's, he's listens live and he texts you one at a time what the picks are. I don't know. All right, next game, one o'clock on CBS. Chargers at the Bronze. Chargers uh, minus two and a half on the road. Man, really? Really? <sighs> I mean, I like the Chargers better than I like the Browns, but it's a one o'clock game. It is. It's a West Coast team playing at 1 o'clock. Ooh, that's a good point. I'll take the Chargers, but I don't feel good about it. Like, I, if it was if it was more than three, I obviously would take the Browns. I I don't feel good about this pick at all, but I'm taking the Chargers. That's about where I am with it as well because it's only two and a half. I don't like the whole West Coast thing coming over at 1 o'clock, but uh, what's there to feel good about with the Browns at right. this point? Um there's not much. Uh, I know they looked good the one week where they threw the ball a little bit around, around. but uh, I, give me the Chargers. Uh, my gut's telling me Browns for some reason, um, and I hope they lose 31-30 to like they did to the Jets. Uh, so I'm taking the Browns. Everybody else is on Chargers. Uh, including Andrew Steckman. All right, so how? There you go. There Browns. There you go. Lone Wolf in it. Next up, Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 1 o'clock on Fox. Tampa minus 9. How is how's it? Look, I get it. The Falcons completed seven passes last week and lost Cordero Patterson. So I, I kind of get it. But at the same point, like, have we seen anything from the Buccaneers that suggests they should be nine-point favorites? I, I, this is where I'm going to just – you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to say this is the moment where Tom Brady wants to remind everybody that he's still Tom Brady. And I'm, for whatever stupid reason, I'm going to roll with the Buccaneers. That, like, given all of the tumult in Tom Brady's life, like, this is the moment. His back's kind of against the wall where he's like, yeah, don't forget I'm Tom Brady. So, Buccaneers. I hate this nine. I mean, it's insane, isn't it? I mean, I know Atlanta didn't play particularly well last week, but the loss of Patterson doesn't. I mean, he's been good, but it doesn't bother me. They have other guys that I think can can run the football. Um, I think this is the week that Tom Brady shows that he is Tom Brady and that he's a forty-nine-year-old man playing NFL. He's been doing with, that for weeks with not with not not practicing um, this week. Shoulder, finger, all kinds of things Divorce. going on in his life. All kinds of things going on in his life. I, I think nine's too much. I, I, I very easily be wrong here, but but I'll take the nine and, and the Falcons. Yeah, I, I can't believe I'm picking the Falcons too, but I have to take them. I mean, I, I get I, it. The line's insane, yeah. I, and I never like betting against Brady because he just is always proving me wrong. But I think I have to here, so I'm on the Falcons. Proctor on the Falcons. KZ on the Falcons. And then Kyle, Paul, and Glenn on the Buccaneers. Stecka. And Andrew Stecka also on the Buccaneers. Okay. Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Rams. 425 on Fox. Rams are laying 5.5 at home. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Rams. I, I. It's gonna be Cooper Rush again, right? Yes. Um, and I know that he's played well. And I know the Rams look like doo-doo on Monday night, but I am going to choose to be willing to chalk that up to this 49ers thing. Whatever whatever Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan voodoo he has over Sean McVay that apparently only works in the regular season. I'm going to choose to chalk it up to that and say I think the Rams fix that, and I'm going to pick the Rams. John and Little Rock freaking out in the, in the YouTube chat About- because, because KZ picked Maryland. Oh yeah, well I mean he's like he's gonna mess up everything. He's messing up. Oh everything. yeah, right. Yeah, thanks a lot for ruining it all for everybody, Casey. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, they had a real chance to get all the way to like seven and one or eight and one before the Penn State game, and now you're gonna screw it all up by picking them, you jerk. If they if they lose, I may have to pick them every week now though. Oh, because you just hate them so much for whatever reason. <laughs> get to your pick. Oh. Uh, give me the Cowboys. I I get the whole, you know, the voodoo thing, but I also get that, that the Rams' offense has not been good. They haven't been able to run the ball uh, consistently. They have not figured out, you know, that they have other wide receivers. Stafford looks hurt. Cowboys have actually defensively have played pretty well, so I, I kind of think it's a lower-scoring game within three. I'm not going to – say that the Cowboys win outright, but the five and a half gets me to the Cowboys. Yeah, I have to pick the Cowboys too. I don't like any of the games this week. You got me picking teams I wow, hate picking. Terrible like lines. Browns, yeah. Falcons, Cowboys. Uh, yeah. But everybody's on the Cowboys um, except for you, Glenn. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, we're, we're, no, it's me and Andrew Stick. Oh, that is, that is bad. That is really bad. All right. Uh, by the way, you took the Giants, correct? Me? Yeah. Yes, I yes. think I think uh, I think uh, Steck is actually listening right now and updating the sheet, or maybe Proctor is. Somebody's updating the sheet as we go. And gotcha. They didn't get that. All right, uh, we got to move. Uh, okay, so Eagles at the Cardinals, uh, four twenty-five on Fox. Philly minus five and a half going to Arizona. I mean, w- there's nothing to like about Arizona. Plus, they just lost Andy Isabella. How do they overcome that? Um, and they stopped giving the ball to Greg Dortch too. Yeah. This, but doesn't this feel like the reverse lock of the century, right? Like, yeah. you, you of course have to hammer Philadelphia only for you to. God damn it! Oh, apparently, it's Proctor who's updating the uh, sheet. Thank you, John Proctor. Um, I still can't do it, Eagles. Yeah, I can't do it either. Uh, there, there's zero to like about the Cardinals right now. I'll take the Eagles. Yeah, neither can I. Uh, so I'm on the Eagles. Proc- or yeah, Proctor is the only one on the Cardinals right oh, now. He is not. Andrew Stecker is uh, also okay. on the Cardinals. We'll see how that works. Wow, out. that's an upset in its own. Yeah, he, he never, never takes picks the Cardinals. Cardinals. That's a great point. It's like you in Maryland. He never, ever, <laughs> ever. I mean, <laughs> it might, I think we did the math last year and found that if he just taken the Cardinals, he might not have lost. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an upset of the century there. Uh, finally, Sunday night football here in Baltimore. Bengals at Ravens. Ravens land three at home. The way that I do my math says that I should pick the Bengals here because I do think this is a crapshoot game, and when I think it's a crapshoot game and there's points to be had, I take the team that's getting the points. I, if it was three and a half, I'd love it. At three, I don't love it. Um, but I still I can't waver from my formula. It is my formula. Bengals is the pick. Hmm. Hmm. 
No. Disappointing. I take it back. Huh? You're changing. Disappointing. Yeah. That's not fun. I don't I, like. It's more fun if I pick the Ravens. The hell with it. Is Give this me like, the Ravens. Is this like chess? Did you take your finger off the pawn? No, or? I didn't. Okay, I didn't. And I'm, but I am, so but I am wearing an anal bead. So <laughs> I know. Wait a minute. Yeah. If you go nine and zero, then yeah. This brings me to my new rule in the league. In this, yes. If if I'm the only one that picks against the Ravens, yeah, I I deserve a point if it no. even if it's a push. No, you don't. Because you you Stop. you all have no guts. No, and you all wear we purple all, glasses. We all got the put the same push, Ken. It's not about guts. We all got the exact same push. You know, if they just let them score. Yeah, it's a great point. Anyway, and they anyway. <laughs> yeah, but the Ravens might have gone down and scored themselves. So then you, we'd be right back to square one. The way the way I think it's like last week they they didn't want them to score. They wanted to let them score. And, you know, but so this week I don't know. I'll just take the Ravens. I think that they're a bounce back team. I think they have pride. Usually, uh, coaching doesn't affect too much two games in a row. So I'll say they luck in and win by four. All right. I got all homers on my end. Everyone on the Ravens. That makes it a clean sweep. All right. Everyone. This oh, seems good. real. We're all losing. I that knew, is the dumbest pick of all time. I right? do. Yeah. I should have done it you again. Definitely should have. I do. Definitely I should have. I almost did. I almost did. Damn. I should. I, I'm sitting here. I'm like, they're all gonna take yep. the Ravens. They're all gonna do it. A whole bunch of yep. purple glassing homers. Would you? You picked them too, you dummy. I know. But I know. I talked myself out of it. Add fans fantasy on Twitter is how you follow them. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Thank you. Go Terps. <laughs> what a day. Adds <laughs> Ken Zalis joining us as he does. See you, guys. See you, pal. He joins us every Thursday to make our picks. Hey, if you haven't picked up the print issue of Press Box, it's available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. That's Mark Andrews on the cover. This is like a 10-day warning, uh, basically, for uh, your last chance to get this print issue of Press Box before it's gone. Daddy gone. The love is gone. To be replaced by a new one with Kevin Willard on the cover. When we come back in, we will preview the Bengals as our buddy Rocky Boyman from out in Cincinnati is going to join us next. Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? 
I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Ties Bowser show right now at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at Pressbox sports glory days grills oktoberfest menu is now running it's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year it features the chicken schnitzel the oktoberfest brewer's platter the brewer sausage sandwich the bavarian burger with a pretzel bun the cheddar ale soup the slam dunk pretzels and the apple cobbler all of these meals pair well with oktoberfest beers and angry orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest and I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. I always find that to be a little disrespectful. Don't know. Don't know about that one. Hey, uh, today's show is also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. You can win two tickets to the Super Bowl. Legit, straight up. You can win them. All you got to do is make a $25 futures bet on the Super Bowl, and you'll be registered to win. Go right now to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Get that $25 or more futures bet in, and then register that bet, fanduel.com slash SB in AZ, and you could be on your way. Imagine if you put that future bet in on the Ravens, and then you could win the bet, and then on top of that, you could win the ticket. The whole just a, could be a magical scene. Right now, again, in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, and find out more, fanduel.com slash SBNAZ. Every time the Ravens and Bengals get together, it's a great excuse for us to catch up with our friend, of course, former NFL linebacker and now a host on WLW out in Cincinnati. He is our buddy Rocky Boyman, and he's back with us here on GCR. Rocky, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Glenn, I was the beacon of hope for all fans in Cincinnati when everyone in the 0-2 start was saying the sky is falling, this team is terrible. I, of course, was saying no. This is merely just a mirage. Everyone hang in there. The offensive line is better than it looks. Joe Burrow is better than it looks and all that. And now it has come true. All right. If you believe that, then I got something. I got a bridge <laughs> to uh, nowhere to try. I was panicking. You were panicking. Like you were panicking. Else. I was. I was. So, so let's so. talk about that, right? Because like, <laughs> this is the part that's tough for me to figure out. Is everything okay after the last two weeks? Like, Did it, did it solve everything? Or do you still look at it and say, yeah, but it was the Jets and it was a Dolphins team on a short week that lost their quarterback halfway through the game. I, I don't know how much we read into it. Like, is everything solved for the Bengals just because they got back-to-back wins? Well, I, not everything, of course, but I, I think uh, a few things, some important things were solved. The, the first thing is, you know, Joe Burrow looks like he's finally 
into the swing he was in, you know, middle of the season late last year, right? And, and to me, and I've always said this, you know, when I judge quarterbacks, you know, there's a million things you can judge a quarterback on, right? Arm strength and this and that. And, but to me, it's accuracy and it's quick decision-making. And, and to me, Burrow has always been one of the best at quick decision-making, right? Sure. He gets the ball, boom. It, it, he knows where to go with it. It doesn't look hard. It looks effortless. In the first two games of the season, that was not apparent at all. Okay, and then you combine that with a, an offensive line that was a little, I should say, a lot leaky, right? And and to, I mean, look, and all this, in my opinion, and I think others too, came down to the fact that Zach Taylor, um, foolishly in my opinion, decided not to play any starters in the preseason. And maybe that's fine if you got a veteran group and you know ten of eleven starters back, but those four brand new offensive linemen, you know, and I know Joe Burrow had the appendectomy, so maybe he, he was limited, but. It should have happened. So, essentially, I think you were still seeing the Bengals in preseason form working the kinks out in the first two weeks. I think in the last two weeks, Glenn, they, they started to figure out Burrow looks comfortable. He looks like, you know, the ball's getting out. The quick decision-making is there. Line is blocking a little bit better. The, the defense has been stalwarts pretty much since the season began. So, the Bengals need to run the ball a lot better, which we can get into. But I mm-hmm. think it, it's slowly starting to look like that team it did last year. What, so the offensive line specifically, it, it, are you saying it's coming together or is it still a line that could be taken advantage of? And I bring that up because the Ravens have not put together a pass rush so far that would suggest that they're likely to be the team that could take advantage of the Bengals' offensive line. Right. Yeah, they're coming together, but by no way, shape, or form am I sitting here saying, my God, this is just you know the, the iron wall here and nobody's getting through. No, I, there's still some issues. There's still, you know, you know I, I still, still think Burrow feels pressure, but it's better. But what you saw the first two, what I saw the first two weeks was a lot of the line stunts were, were, were getting were getting pressure. And to me, that's that's where the offensive line, that's where you got to work together, right? You got to right. know how deep is your your, your your left guard setting, you know, how, how is, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I feel like that's been cleaned up a, a little bit where that communication and the feel of the guy next to you is there. Again, I, I don't, I'm not saying this is a, some, uh, you know, unbelievable offensive line, but it's, it's certainly making strides and better than it was two weeks ago. He is Rocky Boyman. He's with us here on GCR as we preview the Bengals who head to Baltimore on Sunday night. Rocky, I imagine you probably got sick of uh, hearing and discussing the words hangover effect over the course of the last seven months. Mm. Um, When they got off to an 0-2 start, what did you make of that concept? And is it possible they're still dealing with that, that like when you make a run like they made, that it's tough to get back up and be as amped for the start of another season, that you're still dealing with the what-ifs of being right in there to the end of the game in the Super Bowl, that it's still in the back of your mind what could have been, and that makes it more difficult for you to care quite as much about the first four games of the regular season the following year. Uh, no, I, I actually do not think there was any hangover whatsoever. To me, it was two things. Line. Number one, you know, I mean, th- th- this is – Overall, is a much tougher schedule, right? And and let's face it, last year the Bengals were were very very fortunate. Where the Ravens were the most unfortunate team I've ever seen in my life with injuries and things like that. The Bengals were remarkably healthy, went through the whole season without any real key guy missing any any significant time. So there's part of that. To me, the the slow start again wasn't hangover. It was the fact that they didn't do anything in camp. Like like they didn't like they didn't play in the preseason. Like all the rumors and, and things that you you know you hear about practices, you know they'd be out there for 45 minutes. They really got essentially two 
what you would call solid NFL caliber practices, and that was the the joint practices with the Rams. And one of those was stopped early because there was helmets swinging and fighting and all that sort of thing. I, I, I am firmly against this, you know, light approach to preseason, and, and, I, and I think you're seeing a lot of coaches because of the slow starts and the offense in particular being not where they need to be early. I think you're going to see that change a little bit next year. But to me, that was the big issue. Not not a lot of, you know, great hard practices that, you know, NFL caliber high-level people need and then not playing in the preseason. Um, we saw this quote from Joe Burrow over the offseason that for some reason got Ravens fans worked up. I actually thought it was somewhat complimentary um, about how much he likes playing against the Ravens. It's a reminder, obviously, that the Bengals had – Great success in two games against the Ravens a year ago. I, I'll be utterly dismissive of the second one because, as you just alluded to, by that point, those weren't the Ravens. That was a group of players that was running out on yeah. a field that were wearing purple. They weren't playing the Ravens. But the first game pretty much was the Ravens, and it was a bit of a beatdown. Um, after the Ravens had kind of had the Bengals' number for a little while, did that provide a sense out there that maybe the Bengals have become the true alphas of the AFC North and that, like, they're the team that gets to go into a game like this feeling like they deserve to win? Well, I, I, I certainly think the Bengals have injected that themselves into that conversation. Now, look, that, that was one year, right? It was one year where the Bengals, I mean, trashed the Steelers two times and then, then of course, did, did what they did against the Ravens. Now, that obviously, to, to declare yourself the dominant team in a division that needs to happen over three years, five sure. years kind of thing. But sure. I, I think the Bengals are certainly, you know, back in that, in that conversation. And I don't think anybody would look at this Bengals team and say, man, they're, they're lousy or they don't have any players. No, this, no this team has a right. ton of talent, you right. know what I mean? So, yeah. So I, I think it's, look, it, I think it's healthy for the, for the, uh, for the division. Now the division as a whole is not playing that well from a win loss no. standpoint right now, but, but uh, maybe that, uh, you know, and I think that'll all work out. And again, I have to do with, you know, schedules are tough. And let's face it, man, there's a, just a lot of really, really good teams and really good quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh, you brought up their struggles in the run game, and we've seen a little bit about that in Baltimore this year and how much it, it sort of impacts everything. Um, that's a bit surprising. In Baltimore, it's because the running backs have been hurt and working their way back. In Cincinnati, What's what's going on? Why why haven't they been able to get the run game going? Well, it, it centers around Joe Mixon, okay, and who's been phenomenal. I think he had what twelve hundred yards last year. You know, m most in the league. Like you know, he's he's been a a really good player, but but he's not. I mean, he he's had the attempts. I want to say he leads. You know, the either the AFC or the league in in, in rush attempts, but he's like at two yards a carry. And so the conversation this week, I'll just kind of let you in on, has been. Look, is Joe Mixon, is he lost a step? Or is he, wow. you know, is it you know, that kind of thing? Um, I personally don't don't think that's the case. But, but I, you know, I dove into this a little bit, you know, numbers-wise. So, Joe Mixon, this is his sixth year. He's had uh, about 1,200 carries, right? And that's, you know, that's not – I mean, that's a healthy amount, but that's not a ton. You know, I mean, you see Frank Gore. You see, um, you know, Adrian Peterson, you know, be, be very productive really late into their careers. But 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 there is evidence out there, and especially with a guy I played with, Eddie George, that when it comes to running backs, like the the, the fall off happens drastically, right? It's it's not something sure. that happens, you know, that happens kind of overnight, kind of thing. It just or, or it does happen overnight. It's like boom, you know. I saw Eddie George, you know, early in his career, he's getting. Oh, he was a Hall you know, of Famer, at, you know, right. yeah. yeah, exactly. And then then I want to say it was 
I think it was the year before I came, it was 2001. He had like 939 yards. And the next year he was back up a little bit, but he never reached that, that them yards he was getting. And so, yeah, it was something where he was, you know, churning out yards, boom, 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 hammering people, and they were like, boom. So is that the case with Joe Mixon? I don't think there's, there's you know, a, a, um, I don't think there's enough evidence right now to point to that. He certainly needs to play better. But I think it's something that, that you know, folks need to kind of watch here a little bit and, and, and make sure that is not the case. It's really interesting. Really, uh, we it would be, we would just be heartbroken if that proved to be the case. It would really kill us. I'm sure you would. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then an old friend of ours. Uh, I you know everybody back this way loves Hayden Hurst. This is awkward for us, right? Because Hayden Hurst is one of the most likable dudes that we've seen come through this city. Great personality. Obviously, his story, his message, um, so powerful. Um, it, it was okay when he was down in Atlanta, and we were like, I hey, wouldn't have to worry about him. Now you got to go up against him, and it's it's tough because we really like that guy here. But I know he hasn't been yeah. put up explosive numbers or anything like that. What's been his fit so far in the Bengals' offense? I, I think it's great, and I, and I said this during the preseason. I, I think you know I, I thought that Hayden Hurst could be poised for pro- possibly his biggest year of his career. And here's why: you know, when you're a first round tight end you're expected to be the guy, right? You're the one or maybe the two option, third at best. Well, he comes in on this offense, and all of a sudden he's like the fourth or fifth option. So he's he's not getting the attention from the defense, right, uh, you know, during the course of the game, during the course of the week, right? Defensive coordinator is like, okay, number one, how do we stop Jamar Chase? Okay, now we got this T. Higgins guy. And this Tyler Boyd guy who's pretty good. We got Joe Mixon who's who's been good. And, and you almost, you know, can kind of forget about Hayden Hurst. And you saw him have a big game last week. So, for him, I, I, he just got to be just, just tickled to death that he's here and he's in this situation. And sometimes it's good to not be the man because then you can be very productive mm. while the defense and the defensive coordinator is looking out. How do we stop this guy? Well, they forget about Hayden Hurst, and I think that could poison him for a good year. Interesting. Interesting. I you Look, man, I'm, I I root for the guy. It's just very difficult, as you know, Rocky, right now. It's very – it's tough, man. But I, I'm telling you, he is as likable a dude as uh, we've had come through. He's, uh, he's a remarkable – And he's got red hair. You know I mean? So, right. That's you know, a great I point. Love. You guys have to – right. You have to bond over that 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're tight, yeah. Um, how do you see this playing out in the division, right? You know, you and I haven't talked. Like, how do you, you – as you referenced, it's been a sluggish start. We talked before the season, like, this could be one of the best divisions in football. This could be – you know, of course, we thought the same thing about the AFC West, and that's been uh, half a dumpster fire so far. Um, do, do you think that it was just, hey, the couple first couple weeks that, that especially these two teams will continue to separate themselves and – there are going to be a battle, or did we maybe overinflate the quality of the AFC North coming into this? Yeah, I, I still think again, it's not not the cop out here, but I think it's a little too early to, to tell here. I think we got to get another two three weeks into the season here. Um, but but I'll tell you this: from the Bengals' standpoint, I, I mean the, the the back half of their schedule is an absolute gauntlet. Okay, so play Baltimore this week, which of course that's going to be a tough game. And okay, New Orleans, Atlanta, Cleveland, Carolina. Certainly some on-paper winnable games. Then there's a bye week. And then starting November 20th, it's at Pittsburgh, at Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, New England, Buffalo, Baltimore, right? Mm. So, I mean, mm. it's just a gauntlet. So, you know, it's really up to the Bengals to, to try to get some wins as early in this schedule in that first half as, as they possibly can because things do not get easier playing. Again, you're going against Patrick Mahomes and 
and, and, and Josh Allen and Tom Brady, and you're playing at New England in, on December 24th in the freezing cold. So, you know, I, again, I, I think it's just something that's got to play out. But from the Bengals' standpoint, I can just say, it, it, they, I mean, that, that easier schedule they got last year certainly is not here on, on the schedule this year. At Rocky Boyman 50 on Twitter is how you follow him. His book is Rocky's Rules. It's available at Amazon. Um, what, what's your college game this week? Where are you headed? I got a good one, man. I got um, I got Kansas State at Iowa State. Okay. And uh, Kansas State's the number twenty uh, team in the country. They're coming off two great wins here. They uh, beat they beat up um, Oklahoma and then Texas Tech last week. Adrian Martinez, you might remember yeah, from, from Nebraska, uh, yeah. a quarterback in Nebraska. He's got the second most touchdown rushing touchdowns in college football. He has nine rushing touchdowns huh. in four games, yeah. right? So he's yeah he's really playing at a good level. He's a guy that man, if he can just let it rip, you know, and not like be scared to throw interceptions, which of course has been his history. He's a really really good player. So this should be a good game here. It's uh, seven thirty at night. Uh, K-State at Iowa State. It always warms my heart when I know we get to this week because I get to catch up with you, brother. I look forward to doing it again later on in the season. You've always been good to us over the years. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning, man. Glenn, I'm always happy to join you, buddy. Enjoy talking football with you, and I'll, I'll get you on my show again here. We'll I love it, man. Too, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate yep. you, dude. Rocky Boyman uh, from WLW out in Cincinnati. Uh, great guy, and I have been on his show before, and uh, he's been a great friend over the years. And you know, he he's a, a legitimate, like, he knows what he's talking about, and yet he still, like, treats me like I know what I'm talking about, which makes no sense because I, I clearly don't. I mean, he he played the game at a high level. I, I did not do that. I was a bad JV tight end. Like, I, we don't have that much in common when it comes to football. Great dude. Always appreciate him taking the time for us. Whew. We are moving right along. Tyus Bowser show. Um, still finalizing the next date. All right. We're still I, I, I would like to announce it today, but we had a little bit of um, we had a date in mind that we thought was going to work. But they're playing a Thursday night game that week. And it's just a lot to try to get him down to Severn. And it, so we're going to try to move that date again. Bear with us. We will announce it. You will have more than a week's notice when we announce it. That's a promise that I make. Just bear with us. As we announced next Tyus Bowser show, had a great time at Guilford Hall Brewery this week. Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser is always where you can find out more. Tyus Bowser shows a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Love the Tyus Bowser show. You're going to hear segment number two coming up a little bit later on today. When we come back in, we're going to preview Maryland-Purdue. Our buddy Anthony Heron from the Big Ten Network will join us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. 
Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face i love guilford hall brewery man it is such a gem uh, anybody who has not been you're gonna show up and you're just gonna have your mind blown by it it is an unbelievable facility here in our city it is indoor outdoor multiple levels space to host events they do yappy hours they do trivia you can hang out there on sundays watch football games incredible beer selection the menu is outstanding they got a big halloween party coming up on october 29th it's free to get in costume contest live music the whole thing i cannot say enough about guilford hall brewery and station north it's going to blow you away I'm telling you, everyone I've talked to that's come out from one of our events that we've had there has been like, I can't believe this is here. It's it's magical. It's an incredible place uh, right there in Station North, 1611 Guilford Avenue. You need to check out Guilford Hall Brewery. Fantastic spot in our city. Maryland-Purdue coming up this Saturday at noon. Always love catching up with our next guest. He is truly one of my favorites over the years. He is, of course, Big Ant. 
Anthony Heron, Big Ten Network. He's on the call Saturday, and he is with us now here on GCR. Ant, it's Glenn. Great to chat again, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Well, good evening, Glenn. Yeah, I always love when you reach out. Good to talk some Terps football. And I got to say, man, I'm I'm probably, I suppose I could be considered a little bit biased, but I really think I'm, I'm so excited about this game because I think for all the Big Ten matchups this coming weekend between the combination of style of play and implications on the line, I really think this is the game of the week in the Big Ten. I think there's a lot to argue about that. Let, let me cover a few things here, Ant, because you were pretty bullish going into the season about Maryland. Like, you were a believer that they had an opportunity to really take a step forward. And, you know, when other people were talking about, hey, could they get to six wins, you were a guy that thought that number could be elevated from there. I'm guessing you're not really surprised by the fact that they handled. I know Michigan State has not been what maybe people thought they were going to be coming into the year. Um, the fact that they were so competitive even at Michigan two weeks ago, I'm guessing you're not really surprised by what Maryland has done so far. I looked at the stretch of these last two games, Glenn, as being a bit of a proving ground for Maryland this season. Yes, as you know, I was really, really bullish on the Terps coming into the year. And they've lived up to those expectations. And like I've heard Mike Loxley continue, there's still meat on the bone. Like there, there's still ground to cover for where Maryland can even take their game to another level with their passing attack, with their game. And I mean, there, there's areas where Maryland can still continue to play even better football than we've seen this season. And to be able to see that with a four and one start, and frankly, I mean, with, with a Michigan game that was within their grasp, Throughout, yeah. it, it was interesting, the dynamic of that game in Ann Arbor, because they only had one penalty flag. So that was probably the cleanest game that Maryland oh, played just for, yeah. Uh, yeah, from an execution perspective. But yet and still, you know, you end up with the, the other unforced errors that took place in the game, some calls that didn't go their way. But you look at the film, snap by snap, they were going toe-to-toe with the Wolverine. No, there's no doubt about it. And again, you, you know, a couple of interceptions that maybe weren't actually interceptions and, and obviously the fumble kickoff. And you're like, boy, that, that could have been a completely different story. I think that's the weird part. Let, I'll get to Purdue in a second, Ant, but like I – I, I, you have to understand, I am reluctant when I heap too much praise. I've watched way too much Maryland football in my life, and it always feels like the, you know the other shoe's about to drop, right? Like that every time we want to invest in something and believe that it's real, you're like, yeah, it's going to come crashing down. Why is this team to you different? I, I, I know the answer is probably the, the pure depth, that they just have more at multiple positions, and even at, like we, we knew they had a lot in the secondary going into it, but we didn't know necessarily that Bo Braid was going to play as well as he's played so far this season. Why is this Maryland team different than other Maryland teams that have probably made Maryland fans a bit skittish to fully jump on board? Yeah, Serbs fans kind of guarding and protecting their heart to, to steal a term from, yeah. uh, I think it's the Bachelor, maybe, that, that was used <laughs> out at one point, but I think that. You know, because of that history that's there, we've seen teams who've been able to win, you know, overmatched non-conference games and been able to get off to high starts. What feels different to me about this season is the level of experience that's here on this squad, too. You've had a team who's been through the ringer together for several years now since Mike Loxley took it over in the in the way that he took the program over as well, coming out of tragedy. And you've seen this roster grow together coming out of the Jordan McNair tragedy. And with that, the goal that's in mind, Mike Loxley's had a really consistent message and a very consistent approach in how they go about achieving it. 
And so the maturity of this football team is just beyond what I think a lot of these other Maryland squads have been over the years. And there's certainly been some teams that have maybe had some talent that's there, certainly a quarterback, receiver, maybe running back on occasion, you name it. But but there's a depth of maturity on this team that even enhances the way that this talent should be with the approach Mike Lockley is taking of consistency, of not getting too high and too low, what it can mean for Maryland even being a better team in November than where they are just starting October. So that's the crazy part, particularly when you look at how the schedule sets up. And and I don't want to overlook Purdue. We're going to talk about Purdue, right? But if they get Purdue on Saturday, you see Indiana, Northwestern, Wisconsin, and I don't want to completely write off Wisconsin, but obviously they've been a mess. There's this this stretch sets up that there's this kind of crazy chance for Maryland to run the table and go into Penn State, Ohio State, sitting at 8-1 and one and being a factor in the Big Ten race. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself. But do you see a scenario where that is plausible, that like this team really could be in this thing going into the late portion of the season? Without a doubt. There's not a doubt in my mind. And, and frankly, I think they're even they're insulated, it seems to me, a quarterback. We haven't seen a lot of Billy Edwards yet, but the little bit we've seen, I've been very impressed by there. So you don't want to leave Tonga Vailoa to be dealing with whatever the knee issue right. is, being a little bit banged up. But with that in mind, if for some reason, similar to kind of how Penn State, you're seeing a young quarterback there, Andrew Aller, who, who insulates Penn State there a little bit, that matters for Mike Loxley and the Turks because it should allow a level of freedom for he and Dan Enos to call the offense in the, in the way that they desire. And so let's talk about Loa between the physical ailment that he dealt with in practice, between the concerns and seeing what happened with his older brother Tua. He responded so well yeah. on the field and led this team so well last week against Michigan State. So that to me was just sort of the latest example of how this team is tight this team is mature, and yes, I do believe Maryland could see themselves in a situation where when you get later in the season and, and by the end of this thing, where similar to the, the comparison I've made with Maryland even coming into the season was that like Michigan State last year, did you think throughout the year they were the best team in the Big Ten or even specifically in the Big Ten East? Probably not, but were they definitively in the thick of the conference championship picture? They were, and I really think Maryland could be this year's version of Michigan State. I'm trying to keep my emotions in check, and I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to hold. Like I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm like I had it came up the other day on the show when we were talking about Kansas getting to host game day. Where we were like, could you imagine if somehow Maryland makes through this run and then they somehow oh. go on the road and beat Penn State and like they're oh my god like what I, I gotta keep it I gotta keep it gotta keep it together gotta keep it together. Um, Purdue, obviously coming off a very good win over Minnesota, but this is also the same Purdue team that you know struggled against Florida Atlantic not all that long ago. What did we learn about Purdue against Minnesota, and what makes them such a threat coming to College Park on Saturday? Purdue is in a really interesting position at the moment, Glenn, because they're, they're a squad whose quarterback is banged up. And when they, when they struggled against Florida Atlantic a couple of weeks ago, it was because their starting QB, Aiden O'Connell, wasn't able to play in that game. And so the backup, Austin Burton, who's not as gifted a passer as O'Connell is, Austin Burton threw the ball with efficiency, but became the offense was, was more geared around his running ability. There was a lot of 
some QB power, some things like that that don't necessarily that we don't think of when we think Boilermaker football, but they did have their walk-on running back in that game against FAU, Dylan Downing, rushed for over 100 yards in that game. Now, they went on the road to the Twin Cities against the team that I picked in the preseason to win the Big Ten West and that looked like I was going to be super smart for picking the Gophers. They went on the road, and Purdue not only was able to handle Minnesota defensively with, you know, certainly no Muhammad Ibrahim in the lineup, which is a big loss for Minnesota in that game, but offensively, Purdue ran the rock again. They came out in the I formation. I've never seen a Purdue football team under Jeff Brom open in the I formation wow. before, but they did it and then had a different walk-on running back, a kid named Devin Mockaby, who rushed for over 100 yards in that game against one of the most statistically renowned defenses in the country in the last couple of seasons here in Minnesota. So it's not the same type of Purdue that we're accustomed to. We think of Jeff Brom and his offense and, you know, passing the ball for over 400 yards and sort of a similar transition that Maryland is in the process of making this year, being more well-rounded on offense and having more control to their passing attack. And I'm not sure how healthy Aiden O'Connell is, but he did return to the lineup last week. But they didn't rely on the deep ball. They didn't rely on the chunk pass play as we've kind of come accustomed to them doing. Makes them a threat. I mean, there's no doubt. We uh, we're very excited about Maryland, but uh, you know, every time you know you know how this goes. Aunt. Every time we get excited, we're just always a little yeah. bit nervous. Can yeah. I? I have this theory, and I want to run it by you. Um, in in the NFL, everybody's got a kicker, right? Like, not everybody's got Justin mm-hmm. Tucker, obviously, but everybody's got a kicker. <laughs> in college football, that's not the case, and I just wonder because Chad Ryland's having a magical year for Maryland. I wonder yeah. what that does at the college level, and I wonder if you can quantify that. Like, there are a lot of teams that are nervous about whether or not their guy can even stick it from 40 yards out and how that impacts, <laughs> you know, your play calling and how it impacts your confidence and, you know, what that does to a team. Can, can you quantify what it might do for an offense, for a coaching staff to, at this level, be super confident that their guy can drill it from 50 yards and in. It provides comfort to your decision-making as a coach, because when you're not certain about your kicker, and frankly, it's part of why Michael Oxley highlighted Chad Ryland. You know, when we think about some of the transfers that came in, like Jacob Copeland with a big deal, yep. adding to the depth at wide receiver. But Michael Oxley said Chad Ryland was really the most important transfer portal player that he brought in because it would now allow him in his decisions in the midst of a drive throughout the flow of a game to make decisions based off of the entire playbook being open to him and every option being on the table. When you're not certain that your kicker can drill it from 40 or 45 or 50, now you have to determine, am I going to take a risk on fourth down that perhaps our team isn't in a position to take right now, but I got to try to put points on the board. I don't want this drive to stall right here after picking up a few first downs. So maybe you go for an ill-timed fourth down as opposed to like we saw him do on the road at the big house. Say, you know what? This kid can drill it from anywhere, man. 50 plus on the road with a hundred thousand folks yelling at you. Doesn't matter. Chad sick him. And so now Mike Loxley is in this, in this position where he can feel comfortable deciding if I want to go for a fourth down I love our fourth down option here we're going to leave the offense on the field but if I don't love it and if maybe the situation in the game doesn't suit it to perhaps give the football back to the opponent from this yard line or if a touchdown isn't the most important thing in the world let's just get up by two scores 
let's do it, Chad. And now you just have more options on the table, and it makes Maryland a more well-rounded threat with what they can do, both between having a kicker and having a legitimate run game now. It feels like such a trivial thing, dude. I'm telling you, it has felt this season like it has made a difference for how they've gone about doing things. And I – you know, yeah. some of that is just the electricity, as to your point of a dude drilling 50 yarders on the road. Like, that's crazy. But um, I, it just it seems to have impacted the entire team. Um, man, it's going to be a good one on Saturday at noon here in College Park, uh, Maryland and Purdue, Big Ten Network uh, at noon for you to check out uh, Anthony Heron on the call. Um, dude, you are, I, I'm telling you, man, you are one of my absolute favorite guests of all time. You, you bring it every time you're on with this. At Big Ant Heron uh, is how you follow uh, him on Twitter. And then where are we hearing you, uh, SiriusXM? What else can we plug for you? Because you are the busiest man in show business. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I host the show Big Ten this morning, weekday mornings uh, from 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern time on SiriusXM channel 372. That's our Big Ten radio channel. And like you referenced, I'll be on the call this Saturday. Purdue is a squad that could definitively be undefeated. They are 90 seconds away from being an undefeated football team going into this game. So make sure your listeners, make sure folks who are going to go out to the shell, they don't just assume that because they see Purdue has a couple of losses, they outplayed Penn State, the, the mm. top 10 Nittany Lions. Outplayed them in the opening game of the season, a few self-inflicted wounds, some ill-time penalties. Purdue loses that game in the final minute and they lost to Syracuse on literally the final seconds of that game. This team could be 5-0 and right now. So this is a matchup between a couple of squads that I think are going to be really pivotal, one from the East, one from the West in the Big Ten. But really, it's going to be a pivotal game for whether or not Purdue stays in their division title picture, and if Maryland really continues on the trajectory that a lot of folks think they have the potential to. Man, I'm looking forward to it. Ant, appreciate you, brother. We will, uh, we will talk again soon. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. All right. Appreciate you, Glenn. Anthony Heron from Big Ten Network, uh, based out of Chicago, always kills it every time he's on with us. That was great stuff as Maryland gets ready for Purdue and explains a little bit more of why it is that Maryland's only a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Purdue on Saturday. So I just it's hard for me to not get caught up on the chance that Maryland has right now. Like, they have – this thing has shaken out for them that there is a chance to literally be 8-1 and one going to Penn State. And as we keep saying, you get there, you start believing you're as good as your record says you are, and if they get to 8-1, and one, there's no reason for me to think they couldn't go in at Penn State. I absolutely think it's too much to ask for them to try to beat Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's just a monster. But just imagine if they're 9-1 and one, taking on Ohio State. My God. My God. It's, it's, we should do a show from college Park. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. It, oh, oh, it would be so electric. Now, is it likely? No. And to Anthony Heron's point, it's just as likely that it falls apart this week as it is that it would fall apart, you know, against Penn State. Um, this is a tough matchup. This is a tough game, and probably because it's not a blue blood that we're talking about, we don't we don't realize that. I I didn't fully realize it. I needed it to be explained to me. It's a tough matchup against Purdue on Saturday. Good game. Um, appreciate Anthony Heron taking the time for us. All right, uh, coming up a little bit later on today, 
Stan the Fan Charles is going to, again, try to help you uh, get to learn a little bit more about the upcoming Maryland Five Star next week and understand why it's such a big deal for our state, for our region, to host an event like this. Um, coming up at 7.30 tonight, he'll be joined by Marty Bauman and Kaylee Collette, who are a big part of this event. It is a tremendous world-class sporting event that happens right here in Cecil County. You can find out more by watching tonight, facebook.com slash pressboxsports at 7.30. As Stan the Fan will help preview the Maryland Five Star. If you miss it live, you'll be able to check it out tomorrow. YouTube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash video. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit, we'll get tubular, and then segment number two with the Tyus Bowser Show. That's all on the way, Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today stan the fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the costas inn and everybody around baltimore knows the costas inn is a great place to go and grab crabs steaks salads soups whatever is on your mind to eat in person but did you know that the costas inn has upped their game they are now one of the premier takeout places in baltimore give them a call now to order your food 410 477 1975 that's the costas inn over 4100 north point boulevard make the most out of every day in your toyota rav4 available in hybrid or gas only models a rav4 can get you where you want to go in style check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new rav4s from your local toyota dealer today See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover of demos, ravens, and terps at pressboxonline.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit Join Baltimore. Baltimore County PD.com or call 410 887 5542. 
too. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, back in here on GCR. John, the uh, the, the, the Uts, uh, Grillo's, pickle chips, they're, they're very good. They're just not as good as the fried pickle chips are. The fried pickle chips are the greatest chip that's ever been made, maybe. I have to think about that. I've always said for a long time the greatest snack food ever made was the um, the uh, the Old Bay cheese puff. I mean, it's just it's, God, it's perfection. Or cheese curl, the Old Bay cheese curl. I mean, it's just chef's kiss perfection. The Old Bay goldfish, outstanding, outstanding. Not as good as the Old Bay cheese curls, but because not everybody's been able to have them yet, I think it's they've driven the demand up. Quite well. Old Bay Cheese Curl is still the one seed as far as snacks. Chips specifically, I found out recently that apparently the Kettle Company brought back the Buffalo Blue Chip, which is oh, it's beautiful. The Kettle Company makes fine chip. Let's start with that. The Kettle Company makes damn good chip. Their backyard barbecue chip uh, it stands out to me amongst barbecue chips. The fried pickle chips are so good that I would buy five bags at a time. I would go to the, my wife, like when she was pregnant, would send me out to the grocery store for something random. She'd be like, oh, can I, I really want some cake or some ice cream or something like that. I was buying the bags five at a time because I just knew how quickly they were going to go. The Grillo's, of course, everybody knows Grillo's is the one seed among pickle providers. For those of us that are in the, um, the Gherkin gang, uh, you know, it's my street, my pickle street gang that I started a few years ago. We we care about pickles and nothing else. Um, Grillo's pickles are are brilliant. Grillo's pickles m- make your heart happy. What was the what was the the Bow and Yang thing for Saturday Night Live? Uh, oh no no no, I don't think I can say that. There was I don't know if you guys saw the say the Saturday Night Live did a. It was okay this week when it was back. Um, they did a segment that was like. It, Making fun of all the the creeps, the like Adam Levine and ah, uh, gotcha. Um, and it was a segment. It was like a game show. Can you respond to a woman's DM without being a creep? And whoever it was, I don't remember who it was that was playing Adam Levine. Was like, um, you make my penis smile, which was that was the <laughs> joke, right? And then, so the game was, could you not be a creep when you respond to a woman? And Bowen Yang, who of course is gay, was like, I think I'm going to win. And then the 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 swerve is that the woman that was DMing him was Dua Lipa, and like you know as a gay man he was obsessed with Dua Lipa, so he like the 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 big punchline at the end is your music makes my penis smile. <laughs> it's very good. Um, that's how I feel about the Grillo's pickles. They're that perfect um, in any form. The spicy ones, the right, they're all wonderful. The Grillo's pickle chips are good just good they're not perfect it's always what i say about when you do this lean into it nobody's buying these chips because they want a faint pickle taste nobody says like i want it to be a hint of pickle no they're purposely buying these chips because they like that flavor and they want to be bowled over with the flavor 
I've said it a million times. It was the problem with the pickled Doritos. The pickled Doritos were fine, but they were like, it was it, like they were called it intense pickle. There wasn't a damn thing intense about them. We're buying these things because we like the flavor. Give us more of the flavor. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. All right. Did you have something? Uh, By no, the way, not, yeah. Not really. Yeah, pr- I, uh, I guess I'm really simple when it comes to snacks. I'm sorry. God, you're, you're basic. What do, you, what do you like? Grandma Utz are probably the best chip ever. What, but what, what did you say? Grandma Utz. What is Grandma Utz? They're like Utz chips, but they're like the kettle Utz chips, I guess. Just like they're a plain just, kettle yeah. Utz chip? They're really good. Oh, I, those are addictive for me. Okay. It's, it's very basic. You're uh, yeah. very, very I basic, apologize. bro. I mean, I like barbecue chips. Very basic. That, that's as much as we're going to get from you is I like barbecue chips. <laughs> Sometimes I like to go crazy. Sometimes I like to really get wild. And then I get a barbecue chip. Bro, John, I'm telling you, I saw a story. Buffalo Blue, back. That I have not found them yet. In fairness, I have not looked. But I saw a story recently that said that the Buffalo Blue chips kettle brought them back. It's the Buffalo Blue tailgate edition. Uh, I'm gonna link you. I don't know. I I need to track them down. Those chips are banging. They were baller. They were so good. All right. Tidbit is brought to you today. Tidbit from Mister Crazy, Mister Wild Man over here. Every now and then, I have a maybe. When you go out, like, do you ever go out to the bar to to talk to women? Uh, sure. Not what, I don't not, know. I don't know what you're into. If you're right. into, like, I've, I mean, you and I have not had this conversation. I'm not trying to blow up your spot. Whatever you do, that's your thing. I don't know. Like, yeah. Whenever you go out, you, you start a conversation, right? Like, right. What's your conversation starter? Um, probably. Maybe gotta, you're in a secret relationship that I haven't yeah. known about the entire. I don't. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not. Okay. I, I right. uh, I probably need to get out more. Okay. Which I I, I could say that. But if you're um, out, when you've been out. Uh, I guess whatever's probably whatever uh, is happening probably on the TV, which is probably sports. So I probably try to you relate would, it back uh, to that. So would, I don't have. You would approach a young lady at the bar and be like, if she's into hey, it, did, yeah. Did, did you make, did, did you bet the yeah. Eastern Michigan Toledo matchup? Like, hey, I'm about to make uh, probably three dollars. Uh, <laughs> okay. on this game. Okay, that's where you start. Right. So if you want a three dollar draft, you don't you don't ever like oh, there you go. Now see now you're onto something. You don't ever walk up and be like, hey. Hey, I don't know if you've heard. I uh, I like barbecue chips. I consumed an entire uh, uh, hoop fish bake. So I I guess I could. So uh, that's I'm, an approach. I guess I can try it. Yeah, I would not lead with the. Hey, I'm Griffin. I'm a little dangerous. I'm Bar- like Russell Wilson. <laughs> Sometimes I have Sometimes a I barbecue have. chip. I would maybe not. I wouldn't start there when you're trying to talk to somebody. I would maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Proctor, I think Griffin, you're right. Griffin with the hot takes on plain chips. You know what's good? They're best-selling plain brand. I also like white bread. I actually like wheat bread. So, okay, John. <laughs> what is? But what is I mean, something... dude, Grandma Uts are great. I, I mean, <laughs> all right, I can't, I can't. We got it. Grandma Uts are unreal. We got to get to the Thai Spouser okay. show. Tidbits brought to you by um, oh, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. If you are headed out to the Ravens game, an opportunity for you to see the Ginsu Kamado Grill in action. Uh, uh, by the way, are you the uh, spokesmodel again? Yes, I, I am. You? This, Look this, at you. This are Sunday night. Good-looking spokes. This is a great opportunity for you to maybe <laughs> talk to some women and suggest maybe we could go have some barbecue chips later. We you can, know, sh- we can hey, share sausage. Hey, hey, you know what Great goes great with sausage? 
some mild barbecue chips. You're right. I think we go right. crazy later. Maybe split a bag, huh? What do you say? Uh, come out and get a sample of the cooking from the Ginsu Kamado Grill before this week's Ravens game at the Game Day Firehouse, located at the Firefighters Union Hall just west of the stadium, 1202 Ridgely Street. You can stop by, try some food, and enter to win a Ginsu Kamado Ceramic Grill and $500 worth of grilling meats. Pre-order your Ginsu Kamado Grill, ginsugrills.com. Use the code TAILGATE, and you'll save $100 when you do. All right, first one I have is from uh, Jay Cutta. From, uh, he's a Chicago, I don't know, sports statistician guy, but he, he calls Oh, man, Proctor thoughts. made a funny. All right, what is it? Griffin needs to step up his game when he talks to women. Hey! Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. hey wait, wait, wait. No doubt, wait, no wait, doubt. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, you know that Bert from Sesame Street? He's my dad. See, we've got the same eyebrows. Damn, John. That was good. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Yeah, the old school Joe Flacco eyebrows going on. <laughs> and Joe's the most handsome man on the face of the planet. <laughs> got okay, that going So it's a compliment, I guess. Yeah, right. All right. Go ahead. Thanks, John. <laughs> Uh, but he pointed out since July 26th, 1932, the Chicago White Sox have exactly 7,070 wins and exactly okay. 7,070 losses. That's crazy. It is crazy. And it was also that day. I felt like Tracy Morgan saying, that's crazy. <laughs> Tracy Jordan, I guess, is really. No, no, no. What was his character? Uh, Brian Fellows. That's what that was. When he was Brian Fellows on Saturday Night Live. That's crazy. Sorry. I should probably not do that impression many more times. <laughs> Go ahead. It was also the same, that day, July 26, 1932, was also the last day of, uh, of uh, Hall of Famer High Pockets Kelly, also known as Long George Kelly. It was the last day he played his, uh, his that was his final Major League Baseball sure. game that day. Okay. Which was a fun one. I just really wanted to share that. Okay. About High Pockets Kelly. Um, and then also Sarah Langs pointed out earlier this week uh, while she was comparing like Albert Pujols and Aaron Judge because Albert Pujols has, had hit like more home runs than Judge had like up until a couple days ago. So now they so since August fourteenth, like since that day, uh, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, and Albert Pujols have all hit sixteen home runs. Second, well, I guess fourth technically on that list, Anthony Santander has thirteen home runs since August fourteenth. Okay, so cool, good guy to have on the team. Yeah, I mean, there's like. This is the problem with it. It goes back to the conversation I was having earlier. We're like, I like Santan there, and I thought mm. in many ways he was probably the most consistent player for the Orioles this season. But at the same time, you go back and you look at the numbers at the end of the year, and you're like, yeah, but he's still a 240 hitter. Like, you know, he had a decent like, 318 on base percentage. It's not like it's bad. It's not atrocious, but it's not. It's not electric. I mean, the, the the power is the one thing that's kind of redeemable where you're like, I say redeemable, that's unfair. The power is the one thing that's plus, right? Where you're like, yeah, you want to keep 30-plus home run guys in, in your lineup. But, I, you know, are he and Mountcastle redundant? Can you afford to have both of those guys in your lineup being just, and not, again, not 50 home run power, 25 to 33 home run power. Like, can you afford to have a lineup with both of those guys? It's it's a very frustrating picture that I'm looking at with the Orioles. Yes. And then finally, my question will be uh, with the Orioles' season officially in the books. I wanted to see if you could name the top 11 Orioles on based on Fangraph's war. For this season? For this season, yes. There are four um, pitchers. So the top 11 is four pitchers. There's okay. seven position players. So Batista? Batista is at the very bottom. At one point, sounds like he's 1. on the 4. list. He is on the list. Uh, thank you. That's what I was looking for. He is in the top eleven. One point um, four. Dean Kramer. Dean Kramer was the highest uh, rated pitcher. One point yeah. eight. He was their best pitcher. Um, Lyles. Yes, Jordan Lyles. One point four as well. So who's the other pitcher? Who's the other one? I think you'll be pretty surprised. 
CNL Perez. It's a good guess. I would I would have guessed him too, but not CNL Perez. Right. Both. Not both. Okay. Another bull, another bullpen guy. Oh, Tate. Not Tate. Baker. Yes, Brian Baker. Such 1. a dumb 4. number then. <laughs> Worthless. All right, now the seven position players. Uh, Rutschman. Adley Rutschman te- led the team five point two. Mullins. Mullins second place on the team three point four. Santander. Santander was fifth two point five WAR. He was fifth. Mateo. Mateo was third two point seven. One more guy two point six. Another uh, infielder. Another in- Urias. Ramon Urias two point six. Fourth best war on the team. And then Hayes. Hayes was 1.6. And goes back to the beginning of the year, of course. Mm-hmm. And then the last one would be Mountcastle. Yes, it would. 1.6 for Mountcastle as well. Well done. Very good. All right, Tubular is brought to you today by the Maryland Five Star. Come see Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars. Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. That's next week right here in Cecil County. Not where I am, but in our back. You get the point. I don't think I have to explain it more to you. What have you done for me? Um, here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise. Football-ish tonight. It's such a bummer when like we get back to football and then we get this. Colts Broncos. Yay! That's tonight. Uh, Should I play uh, Khalil Herbert or Chase Edmonds with Jonathan Taylor out? Meant to ask KZ. I feel like I got to go Herbert. I think so. They're playing Minnesota, right? They're, yes. Yes, they are. And the Eagles defense is really good. I think I. Oh, sorry. No, you said Edmonds. Yes. So yeah, he's not in Arizona anymore. He's in Miami. Who are they playing? I don't even remember. Jets. They're, they're playing, playing Jets. the Jets. You just never know what Miami's doing running the ball. I know. I'd probably play Herbert, but damn, that's tough. That is tough. All right, uh, Colts Broncos, 815 on Amazon Prime. Uh, Golf Channel for round one of the PGA Shriners Children's Open at 5 o'clock. Some preseason hoops and hockey. You can find it all at glennclarkradio.com. It's a bad night. It's just a a very lean, lean evening of sports viewing. Anything non-sports-wise? Take the under on the Thursday night football game, and then you can watch it. Yeah, I guess. Any uh, anything? Uh, Grey's Anatomy season nineteen premiere. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Jimmy Smith is gonna be on James Corden. Why? Senator Organa promoting NYPD Blue. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Or East New York, maybe that. I think that's. Uh, I don't know what that is. So. Some new some it new network a... show. A uh, new episode of Atlanta. Penultimate episode of She Hulk on Disney Plus. Okay, I need to get into. I, God, I, there's so many things. I'm still finishing Dahmer, and then I promised Proctor that I would do Welcome to Wrexham next, but I mm. I still haven't even started She Hulk. Yeah, I like, watched the first episode or two, I think, and it's—I mean, it's cool. Uh, Bruce Banner's in the first episode. I—I'm not sure if he comes back right, though. Right. So the first episode's like decent. That's yeah, what it is. That's yeah. what it is. Thanks today to uh, Rocky Boyman. Thanks to Anthony Heron. Thanks to Ken Zalis and to Marty Morningweg. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the tabaclenclarkradio.com. Tomorrow on the program, Sam the Fan will be in studio. Uh, Bo Smolka will join us, and I believe Mike Tarico will join the program tomorrow as he will be on the call for Sunday Night Football. I love Mike Tarico. He's one of my everybody knows my three guys: Harlan, Eagle, and Tarico are my three favorites. Like those are my dudes, and we've had them all on already through five weeks this season. <laughs> I like I, it, people. It feels like I'm taking. A, I, I like Nance. I just don't like him as much as the other guys. But he's also been like incredibly kind to us over the years, and has always come on with us. And I feel really bad about that. 
But uh, those are my three. Those yeah, Tariko is the guy when like when I was in like middle school, like when I realized I wanted to be a broadcaster because yeah, of him because so he was because he was like calling the national championship game like right, Alabama Notre right. Dame or something. On one night, the next night he was calling Duke North Carolina basketball. It's true. I was like that's it's true. That's the best. It was dope. That's, all right, thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, the Maryland Five Star, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We leave you today. Segment number two of the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Mark Andrews. Welcome back into the Tyus Bowser Show. Press box and 105.7 The Fan. Tyus Bowser, Mark Andrews, Rita and Glenn, live from Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. What a place this is, man. We've been out here twice yeah. now, Tyus. Oh, yeah. Rita comes place. out here, I think, like I every... I love this place. Yeah, because I... I... I'm not far from here, so I love this place. This place is so good. I did not order glizzies good. this time. <laughs> no glizzies, man. No glizzies. But I stand by it. The sausage platter is outstanding. Uh, they got an amazing beer list here at Guilford Hall Brewery. The Guilford Lager is excellent. Uh, the giant pretzels, I think they're going to bring another one of those up to the table this week. This is Oktoberfest. Uh, do you see her over there drinking her beer with a straw like a weirdo? Hey, man. Hey, I don't drink, so, I mean, if that's the thing, then that's no. the thing. No. No. Don't not? support this. Oh, okay. Don't. It, say, it's it bougie. It is completely, it's not bougie. Well, are you supposed to chug it or something? It, 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 it's. Yes. It, I prefer okay. that. <laughs> okay. I don't chug. Like, first of all, I have. I miss my mouth all the time, so oh. now I don't have to do that with a straw. <laughs> That's a good excuse, I guess. I guess. We love Guilford Hall Brewery. October 29th, 7 to 11 p.m. They got a Halloween party, costume contest, great music, and it's free. You can just show up, hang out here October 29th for an awesome Halloween party. GuilfordHall.com is the website for you to find out more. All right, Rita. Yeah. You want to get into Rita wanted to play this or that this week with okay. you and with Mark Andrews. So okay. I don't know where we're going. I'm actually a little bit nervous. Yeah, he about it. Me too. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, too. right. I mean, you you kind of asked one question, but that's okay. We'll move. We'll, I, I, I'll I'll switch it around a little bit. Okay. All right. So I want to know, and this is for both of you guys. Are you? I think I know the answer for you, but I want you to make sure. Yeah. I want to know anyway. Are you guys shy and or private, or are you more like? Extroverted and open book. Super shy, super <laughs> private, very introverted. I feel like the show has just extroverted you a little bit, though. No, this this show has been great for me, man. It's it's the opportunity for me to express myself and show people who I really am. So it's been awesome. I knew that about you, anyway. Uh, Mark. Um, definitely shy. You know, a little bit of an introvert. Um, you know, I'm a little bit private, but I have a close group of people I really trust that I have around me. And, um, I can open up too, but yeah, I like to have fun too, though. Is, yeah. Again, is there an option for football psychopath on that list? <laughs> like shy, <laughs> outgoing, or football psychopath? Because yeah, I feel like that's the one. Hey, it might be. <laughs> that. It's very Virgo of you, by the way. All right, do you guys curse? Do not curse. 
I've never heard you curse before, Tyus, by the way. But you've never been on the football field with him either. That's, I, I'm talking about, see, to me, those are two different people. I could be wrong, right? I just feel like y'all got like some type of like different personality when you play football. So you talking about everyday life? No. It could be both, right? Do you curse on the football field too? Like, you know, Philip Rivers was a in dude. In situations. Philip Rivers never cursed. Yeah. Like he would say dang nabbit and stuff who? like, Philip Rivers would never no, curse. that's definitely not true. Oh, you heard him? I played against him twice. For real? And he said a cuss word. I've heard a lot of stuff. From, oh. I've heard a lot of stuff. From him? Yes. Okay. So, okay. I stand corrected. So do you hang curse? On, hang on. Hang on. What gets you to curse on the field? Yes. Specifically? Me personally just having a bad, bad play, bad moment. Um, just the situations of the game. Um, yeah, that'll probably be what it. What if hypothetically someone threw an insane roughing the passer flag on like a Brandon Stevens late in the football game? Again, hypothetically. Like what if something, because that would never happen, but what if it did? Would yeah. you curse then? I mean, in, in certain cases, yeah. It'll just come <laughs> out. It'll just come out just because. But you should ask. You should ask. Like me. I said, outside, like here and stuff. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. We're about to hear Ty's nah, curse. Nah, man. Uh, oh, they want to bring <laughs> the food up. Go ahead, bring the food up. That's all right. Uh, uh, you should ask Rita. She curses. Uh, football no. Games. Next, oh, Mark. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, do you? Yeah, I definitely let it fly a little bit, but. Um, don't condone it. You know, all you kids out there, yeah. listen to your mom. Don't do it. Don't do it, kids. <laughs> you know, I'm a person that believes it's just it's it's a personality thing. Personality. I believe it just adds a little extra sauce to your emotions. That's how I feel. What do you mean by little extra? If you feel strong and passionate about something, a little curse word and going, it's just it just validates the point. Okay. That's all. A little extra energy. Yeah, see, you you get it, right? <laughs> okay. You understand me. Okay. okay. Um, so we already, he already asked you guys this, but fiery or laid back, not on the field, though, off the field. Are you a fire, like? I'm super laid back. You just super. I'm super chill. Super chill. Super chill. Super chill. What is super chill? Tyus. <laughs> just <laughs> like I do, your like own zone, your own vibe. You just in a good space. Like, you just. Calm, collective, you know, super chill. See, but I saw you. I saw you, young man, in Arizona. You was wearing the chain, oh. and I. So we saw a different side of you. I don't know. I feel like you got something I can't, I can't else going no, on. Oh, you talking about him? Yeah, I'm talking oh, about him. We know you super laid back. I was like, I don't, I don't have, know. I don't have no jewelry. I feel like, like that, this one might happen. This one might be like a little bit more, you know. I mean, yeah, I got a little something. But. <laughs> Tyus is out there, too, a little bit. Nah, he can have his fun. Oh, so he's lying like to us. <laughs> no, not at all, man. Not at all. <laughs> all right. Uh, Tyus, we remember, I don't think everybody remembers this, but we talked about this last season. But let's bring it up again. You reality show watchers or no? And I'm not talking about Jersey Shore. That's played out like the wild. It's the answer. It doesn't because they're, they're, it doesn't. Anything else outside of Jersey Shore? Out Everything. Um, I would say... I'll probably say like Real Housewives. Oh, which um, one? I like the Atlanta. Okay. Like Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, all the uh, love and hip hops. Ooh. Um, there's, there's, I like all really TLC. Is it TLC? Do you watch 90 Day Fiance? Yes, I do. Oh, we'll talk about that later. That's a really good oh, show. Oh, yes, my show. I, it's a really good I'm show. Excited. A really good show. Mark, what do you watch? Um, 
I'm the nerd a little bit. I watch like Lord of the Rings came out with a new show, Game of Thrones, House of Dragons. Um, just anything. I'm really not a reality TV show watcher though. Documentary watcher? Uh, sometimes if there's a good one. I haven't watched the new uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. Yeah. Don't. Don't. I... It's disturbing. I watched don't. a few episodes. So if you want a history lesson, it's a good one. Bro, I don't need that type of history lesson. There's a lot of more important parts of history to learn about than what was going on then. Um, I, 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 there, a few years ago, there was a group of guys that used to get together to watch The Bachelor. Like, okay. I feel like it was Joe and Justin, Justin Tucker. Tucker and yeah. all that. I could see them watching it, though. I don't know why. I feel like there'll be some bachelors once they're done. <laughs> you know what so, I'm saying? But so they're married. Point, but I'm just saying, I could see them watching that. I got you. I got do, You don't ever have any of the guys get together to watch Real Housewives. No, so. not at all. <laughs> you never, no. Half of them is playing video games. Most of them is playing video games. But you never like called up Mark and been like, bro, he's Real never, Housewives. He's never played video games with me either. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. I'm going to have to do that. I'm gonna Mark, have to what do you that. play? What's, the, what's your game of choice? Uh, Call of Duty Apex. Yeah. This is always the question I like to follow up. Uh, the num the largest number of consecutive hours that you've been playing Call of Duty, where you like looked up and you were like, "Oh my God, I've been doing this for seven hours or whatever." What's the number? Like ten or twelve. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Do you eat during this time? Yeah, snack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't even remember the last time I went 12 hours. Right? I'll, I'll probably say when NCAA was out with the Road to Glory, I'll probably be on there. I'll probably start at high school, and I'll be within you build a my— dynasty, your I'll, I'll be a sophomore in college by that time. You know what I'm saying? You, you all the moved. games not, at all. Haven't moved. Not one Ooh. inch. Mark, who's the guy on the team that thinks they're good? Could, okay, do you guys play as teammates? And who's the guy that thinks they're good at Call of Duty, but you're like, oh, yeah, bro, uh, I don't think I'm going to play tonight because you don't want to end up having them on your team. Someone that's a little bit rough to play video games is Nick Boyle. I think if he's one of those guys that used to be good at video games, stopped playing, and then... And tries to pick it up here and there after a game, and it's like, yeah, I don't want to play with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you tell him, though, or do you try to, like, avoid? Do you say, Nick, man, I'm sorry, we're not going to have you on the team tonight, or do you try to come up with an excuse for, like, oh, man, bro, I just haven't played in a few weeks? No, nah, like, we just, uh, we don't mention it, so he's going to hate me for saying this, but uh, we just have fun. <laughs> you got one more, Rita? All right, one more. You gonna go see Black Panther or no? Yes. Yes. First day? No. No. I mean, they got it. You gonna wait? It's in the season. Yeah. That makes sense. Like I said, I'm a chill they can lady get it, bad like, guy. Probably that night. No, nowadays people go to the to the movies and stuff, and they want to talk. You know, you know us black people. <laughs> They want to talk in a movie. Oh, look at him. Oh, get him, get him. And then they be clapping. Yeah, and then Wakanda forever. Yeah. I don't want to cool. deal with all of that. Okay. I'm going to wait, you know, a few weeks when okay. it's a little clear and check it out. What about I, you? How long are you waiting? Probably till it comes out. Okay. See you at home. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I was saying. You can watch it at home. I got I to gotta get back to getting into the movies again. Okay. You know, Have you not COVID. been back at all? Have you not gone to movies since COVID? Uh, I've been a few times. Okay. And I've actually missed it, though. 
that's, that's what I used to do every Friday before the game. Dude, I love it. Yeah. I can't lie. Like, I, miss I lived it. in walking distance from a movie theater, so I was like always there. Yeah, I, I missed it so much. Yeah. There's just something about like doing the dumb thumbs up, thumbs down thing during preview. You do that, right? Like, I do. You, everybody does that, no, correct? No, Glenn. I feel like you're looking at me like I'm your embarrassing white friend now, and Tyus just admitted that he does it when he goes to the movies he, too. I, do you do this like physically? Yes, or in your head. Watch it. I'm I talking to Tyus, not you and See, that's oh. what I'm saying. You are out here physically embarrassing us. Oh. He's doing this in his head. Mark, when you go to the movies, do you put a thumbs up and thumbs down on the trailer? Never even thought of it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Tyus Bowser show. We're live at <laughs> Guilford Hall Brewery, Press Box, and 1057 The Fan. It's all brought to you. Really? You've never done it not once? No. Not at all. You I'll be, seen I mean, do you, do, it, do you do this like the gladiator? Do you, are, is this like a comedy yes, thing where exactly, you like hold your hand like this and you do like this and do like this? Like, what are we doing? Somebody in this crowd knows I'm not crazy. You all do this, correct? Does anybody do, he does said anybody you, do nobody this? Nobody is no, agreeing with you. Anybody else? No, I heard a few no's. That's because you said you don't. Now they're embarrassed. They don't no, want to admit it. I did it in my mind, but they don't want to admit it. They no. all do it, every single one of them. Hey, uh, Maryland Vascular Specialists, uh, their team of surgeons is Maryland's leaders in ethical arterial procedures. Appreciate them making the Tyus Bowser show happen. I'm looking forward to diving. You got the mozzarella stick again. You yeah. went back to the. You're mad at me because I ordered glizzies. Would you please just look? No. I just. Hey, I got another question for you. <laughs> y'all see, uh, y'all see the DK Metcalf thing from over the weekend? When he was on the, um, he took the cart back to the locker room. We know how far that locker room is. Y'all played there last year. Yeah, that baby is super far. So if you had a similar situation, for those that are unaware, DK Metcalf left the Seahawks Lions game on a cart on Sunday. And considering it's DK Metcalf, a lot of people were very concerned about why DK Metcalf would be leaving on a cart. And we got our answer. He had to use the bathroom. It gets serious, man. If you were playing in Detroit and you had to go to the bathroom, would you A, take the cart to avoid doing the, you know, the shuffle? Clinch walk. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. I'm a... I'm a I'm already feel it, and I know it's gonna come soon. So I'm gonna be like, "Hey, coach, I need a sub, and I'm gonna be right back." <laughs> but are you calling for the cart? No, I'm not calling for you're no gonna, cart. You're that's, gonna, that's too much. But you're if, gonna, but if you're if the in Detroit is that far, I mean, it's the quicker way to get there than you walking. It is the We're putting out bad almonds right now. <laughs> it's bad. Oh, it's bad that's cart, fair. Yeah. That's a good point. That's fair. Yep. Would you admit afterward, Mark, if you were asked afterwards? Would you admit, because DK Metcalf just came right out and said, I, I, you know, Clint Walk wasn't going to work for me, bro. <laughs> like, it was going to be a problem. <laughs> Mark, would you admit if somebody was like, man, that's weird. Mark was missing for the entirety of that drive in the third quarter. I wonder where he was. Would you say everything's fine, just had to hit the bathroom? You're not catching me lacking like that, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get caught lacking, man. Tyus, what about you? Are you going to tell the truth in that no. situation? No. No. Just, you would just rotate it out for a couple plays. Hey, That's I was just rotating, man. I needed, I needed a breather. <laughs> That's all I needed a good breather. Nothing more than that. That's it. Have you ever, <clears throat> have you ever had a situation unfold during a game? No. Okay. Never. At any level? Ever. 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 I've seen it from, from 
somebody else, but me personally. But when you no. say that, you mean somebody else is going back to the bathroom or something occurred on something the Something occurred. Oh, God. Well, what do you do? Like, what do you <laughs> Just leave, man. I you feel are, like you have to say something. Like They know. They see it. Oh. They feel it. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, I mean, at that point, it's I'm like, so, There's hey, so many bro. people eating here right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I apologize, people, but yeah. It was bad. It was Mark, I'm guessing based on your last answer that you would say it's never happened, never at any point in your football career have you? Never. Never. Never could. Never would. No. no in any circumstance no. would you ever have to deal with that. No. Um, <clears throat> definitely never happened to me. I just want that to be stated for the record. Never. I'm like Mark. Never, never, ever happened to me. I don't have a bad story that people might bring up. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. You just no, don't want to tell nobody. Me and I would appreciate if you would leave it alone. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know why it is that you're still getting after me about this. It's never ever happened to me. So, you, what, do you want to talk about it? Do you? No, want to talk it's about it? let's talk about it. I always like when you get to that moment. Yeah, man. Caius has a thing where he likes to like get me to open up. Yeah. And use this as a time. This probably isn't the best therapy <laughs> situation to open up and talk about this <laughs> embarrassing moment. But I mean. If you want to, you can. Is there is there anything else embarrassing that's happened to you on a football field that you'd be willing to share publicly? No. Okay. Not at all. Mark? Not that I can think of right now. All right. All right. We tried. We tried. They, they, they're taking it to the grave. I understand. 100%. I'm not telling either. <laughs> uh, Mark, I read, did you and your brothers used to box? Did I read about that? Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely do. Like, we'll put on the boxing gloves, you know, get on a backyard, tennis court in the backyard and kind of just go after it. You say do, is this, you're saying this is something that still occurs? Oh, like, yeah, oh yeah. You go home in the, <laughs> hang on a second, how old are your brothers? Uh, 32, 30, and then my dad gets in there sometimes as well. Wow. Wow. So the, your dad is boxing too? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to knock my dad out. <laughs> <laughs> when you say that, have you ever thought about it? Have you, like, <laughs> I might need to tell, show the old man. I mean business. He could hold his own, but uh, if we got it to that point, I think it would get, get a little dirty on his end. Is it just like, like, hey, I need to get a workout in, let's go spar? Or is it like, hey, you said something mean to me in a tweet. This is how we have to handle this as men. You know, I think early on when we started fighting, I think my brothers probably, it can get a little more serious, but it's turned into more so like hand fighting. You know, seeing hands, that's big for, for being a tight end, being a receiver, being able to, you know, swipe hands down, uh, being able to see that with your eyes real quick, and um, just body movement, body awareness and control. I think boxing is a great sport for that. Teammate you would most and least likely want, or least want to, see in a ring teammate that you would say dude i would pulverize that in a minute i would pulverize and then the guy that you say yeah i i don't think i could like i i know you're a confident man we've learned that about you tonight but the guy that you'd be willing to admit like that probably wouldn't be the best matchup for me there's a lot of not good matchups um yeah I'll, you go first well me personally i'm a people person and <laughs> People, I don't, I don't have no problems with anybody. Normally, people create it with me, but for the most part, I know how to diffuse situations like that. So I couldn't see myself fighting anybody because I'm just no, listen a to person you. that everybody loves. So. Hypothetically. 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 But if it ever came the time and situation to be like, hey, man, time to throw these hands. Um, 
I would probably say, hmm. It feels like you've got somebody who don't want to say it. I, I really don't, but I'm just thinking of guys as like, these are, this guy, uh, I don't know, this guy, maybe. You are you going to wrestle with any of the OGs? Nah, you know, I the Calaises, wrestling. the Justins? Nah, man, those are the OGs. I'm going to let them be, man. Okay. I'm going to let them be. You could beat up Marlon, though, right? Like, I feel like Marlon. You could just say it. Marlon is a different cat. He might, he might be doing some crazy you stuff. Got I can see that, though. You got Marlon. You know you what I'm saying? Marlon. He might be doing some, some karate stuff, might have a crazy spin move and kick me in the back of the neck. So I'm going to just leave Marlon alone, honestly. I'm going right. to leave him alone. You're just going to bail on this one. I'm just going to bail on You're this You're bailing one. on it yeah, entirely. I Mike, would you, would you entertain it? Um, yeah, I mean, there's certain guys I definitely wouldn't fight. I think there's a lot of guys that I could beat, though. Name one. Name one guy that you say, I can't fight that guy. I can't? Yeah. Falele, maybe. I don't think I'd fight him. Yeah. Uh, I just tire him out, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stay away from that one, too. Yo, he's a massive dude. <laughs> he is That's so big. big. All right, y'all make some more noise for Mark Andrews and Tyus Bowser, please. We are live here at Guilford Hall Brewery. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill, the perfect ceramic tailgate for home grilling and searing, baking, smoking, all kinds of food. Get $100 off on your pre-order by using the code TAILGATE at GinsuGrills.com. We come back in, we're going to look ahead to Sunday and uh, the Bengals and a hu another, another huge game. That's coming up next. It's Tyus Bowser Show, Press Box and 105.7 The Fan.